All right. I don't even know what to do. I don't even really want to start the episode like I've normally been doing with that intro because I really don't care about You got to play it. But you got to play it cuz it fits perfectly with Diary. Why don't we just skip Diary and we'll just do fucking survival? No. What who the fuck do you think the fuck you are? I actually kind of like survival more. Yeah, that's because you're a fucking leech on society, you motherfucker. Okay. So you're dead set we have to do Diary. Okay. We have to do Diary for three fucking reasons. Are you ready? Reason number one, it might be one of my favorite Romero movies ever made. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Number two, I already watched it five times and I've taken all the notes and I got all the clips. So, news number three, fuck you, we're doing Diary. Okay, fine. If we have to do Diary, yes, then it- we have to do Survival. Why? And you have to do the notes for both. No, there's no way I could do that then for we're not Survival. Doing them. Then then we're- dude, then we're not going to have a fucking show. Okay. We have a show for TV Week. You can't make me do it. Who runs Barter Town? Fuck. Fine. All right, fine. I'll do the, just to get Diary in there, I'll do the fucking notes for survival. Okay, fine. Then I guess we can start the fucking show then. Oh, fine. Well, press the fucking button or do whatever you fucking do. Dead and hospitals recently has concluded that the unburied dead are coming back to life and seeking human victims. Bodies must be carried to the street and, and, and burned. They must be burned to mist, soak them with gasoline and burn them. Everyone must die to become one of them. If you have hidden, you just become one of them that much with foul language, occasional sexually explicit content, and more irony than is allowed for single episodes. In the last several years, distributors of obscenity have expanded into new areas, employing new technologies and reaching new audiences. Neither our constitution, our courts, our people, nor our respect for common decency and human suffering will allow this trafficking in obscene material. Cinema PSYOPs. Which exploits women and men alike to continue. Sharing filth-laden desires on mic to warp the brains of listeners until they are all demented deviants. Federal laws are being violated, and thus I am committed to redoubling the federal effort to ensure that those criminal elements who are trafficking in obscenity are pursued with a vengeance and prosecuted to the hill. The fact that society is becoming much more open now, less repressed, and I think there's less need for cinema psyops. Without dignity, they shout into the void in a vain attempt to be loved. 
living in this culture now where there's just icebergs of filth floating through every house on Wi-Fi. It's inconceivable what it must be like to be a young adolescent now with this kind of access to cinema psyops. It must be all dizzying and exciting, but corrupting in a way that we can't even think about. A pirate ship with a tattered flag, sailing across seas of questionable movies while firing cannons of disdain. Cinema Psyops. Long may she sail. Hello and welcome to Cinema Psyops. I'm your currently very dour and depressed host that this is all we've got left for our Romero full franchise fest with Diary of the Dead. Insane in his fucking membrane thinking this is now his new favorite Romero film is Matt. Maybe not favorite favorite, but it's fucking up there. You hyperbolic piece of shit. You said my new favorite Romero film. All right, maybe not because it's still, that's still Dawn, but <laughs> this might be number two. This might have oh, leaped over. Oh, it's number two, all right. It might have, it might have leaped over. It oh, took, it's number two. It, it took day, Day's place. <laughs> you like this better than Day. Yes. You're going to have a lot of explaining to do, Lucy. I understand. All right, this is how I am going to view both of these films and how I obviously I already watched them. Yes. But this is how I tried to view them and in the frame of mind, and I didn't text you this or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Because I wanted to take whatever different take we were going to have. Yeah. I'm watching both of these, and I'm just going to go on the merit of how I feel about the writing and everything having to do with the film itself, and I'm going to etch a sketch and ignore everything having to do with whether or not this was Romero behind the camera and on the script. I got you. I'm just going to review it straight as a movie and how I am into it or not into it based solely upon that. Arguably, I would say this is the scariest of the Romero films. Okay. The scary to me. <laughs> okay. So first of all, does found footage work for you? Yes. Found footage. 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 Okay. Footage. All right. And you think this is a good example of good found footage? As I well? do. Yes. This is way better than most. Okay. Yes. I don't feel sick after watching this, like from motion <laughs> sickness. Well, okay. Using the conceit that they are film students gives them the opportunity to have a cameraman with a more steady hand. Yes. All right. So what found footage? footage film would you put Diary of the Dead kind of on the level with as being a good found footage film? Oh, let's see here. I don't ever include the Bear Witch Project because I actually really hated that. So I'm a big fan of the Bear Wench Project. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too. Which one's the uh, number seventy-two is probably the best uh, in the vol- volume seventy-two of the the Bear Wedge Project. I'm trying to remember which one it was, but there was one that was done like in the early two thousands, and then Jim Wynorski did his own version. Yeah, and the one that was done in the early two thousands, there was three of those, and all three of those are wonderfully horrible. Yeah, with lots of boobs. Yeah, of course. And then the ones that Jim Wynorski did are also wonderfully horrible, <laughs> but with lots of massive boobs because it's Jim Wynorski. Yeah, yeah, you always have to have big boobs. So that's the kind of footage that I can find, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, right? Um, I would probably say, um, I think uh, Quarantine. We did that movie, right? We did Wreck. Wreck, Wreck. That's what we did. Quarantine is the English language. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about Wreck. Starring Dexter's sister. Yeah, (laughs) Dexter's sister. Jennifer, Jennifer, what the fuck? Carpenter, Jennifer Carpenter. Yes, but I I would put it on that level, because I liked Wreck as well. Wow, no, not even close for me. 
me. Oh, well, I mean, that's yeah. you. That's Breck is probably the pinnacle for found footage for me. Yeah. I'm not a found footage fan. Very few found footage films work for me. Yeah, same here. I mean, I'm not a big fan at all of them at all either, but for some reason, Diary just, I mean, man, it's a home run for me. I'm just so perplexed by this. <laughs> I feel like this is going to be a huge show where we just argue I, over I every, not because... every minuscule detail of the film. <laughs> I really hope not. I got a good amount of notes here, things I like. Or I just might sit here on my phone just, and play the role of Matt and just let you talk. I have to do that. And then occasionally just look up and go, yeah, no. Yeah, no. Or, <laughs> yeah, no. Just Or if I'm agreeing with you, no, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Or you just look up and look at me and go boobs and then you go back to your phone. <laughs> Masturbated a little because <laughs> I mean, why not? <laughs> I would definitely enjoy that more. We're on the tail end of this for you here. So, yeah. um, I started watching this with my wife. This is the last thing I'm gonna say. Yeah, she made it 30 minutes and then gave me these puppy dog eyes look like, Can I stop watching this now and go watch something better? Oh man, <laughs> hurtful and found footage usually works for her too. Yeah, and she just could not get into this really at all. No, uh, I don't get me wrong, it's not like it's a perfect movie. Oh, yeah, it's far from perfect. There are glaring problems with this movie. Okay. But, for some reason, I can put those aside. I like the atmosphere that it creates. So what you're saying is it's like that person that you're in love with where you see all of the flaws but you find them as character quirks instead? Yes. Like the fact that they're an abusive drunk, you're like, but that's just how they show love. But they're not that bad. It's an abusive drunk bad. It's like, oh, well, they like to leave their dirty underwear on the floor constantly. No, this film likes to leave its dirty underwear on the kitchen sink. <laughs> okay, I'll let you get that far. Probably yes, it does. And I still find it endearing and kind. You are by far a much more forgiving fan of film than I must be. I, I, well, this one at least. What a, what a weird switch of events. I know, right? Usually. When you started this podcast, everything was the worst piece of shit you've ever seen. Yeah. And I'm sitting here literally just trying to hold back my rage of piece? screaming that this is the worst piece of shit about this? ever made. We we could do that for survival. We could do that together for survival. I'm shocked at how much I actually liked survival this time around. Like, I'm angry at Are myself. you fucking kidding? I know. You liked survival this time around? <laughs> Not enough to do the notes. Oh, God. I thought we were going to really bond over how fucking terrible that is. <laughs> I'm just glad I'm not doing the notes for either oh, of these. Oh, fuck. All right. We're going to take a break here. We're going to play the Legion podcast Patreon ad. We'll have a little bit of music, and when we come back, we'll play the trailer for this fucking turd. This <laughs> Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You call me Cutting a New Show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. 
We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. find music that matches. So I was like, yeah, they were in a Winnebago, so Winnebago Warrior, sure, what the there fuck? I mean, it's, it's a camper, and it's all this film really fucking deserves anyway. How fucking dare you, sir? I put as much effort into finding the music for this film as I feel the filmmakers put into making it. Sir, I understand how you feel, sir. I understand. I want you to know I'm recognizing that, but I'm going to just be prepared to uh, have yourself enlightened about how this is going to be better for you. Wow, you totally diffused all of my tension. I sure did, sir. Do you know what won't diffuse any of my tension? What's that? This trailer. Sir? Our reporting accounts of the dead returning to life. What's that? You can't talk about it. What is this about, Jason? This turns out to be a big thing. I just want to record it. This sort of failure. It's hurt. It's not burned up. The problem doesn't seem to be that people are waking up dead. <laughs> the dead people are waking up. It's not going down. Shoot in the head. No, no, please. They're not getting the truth from anybody else. All that news is a pack of lies. I'm dealing with this crisis. Now. <laughs> you got to know that this might be bad. I'm trying to get home to my family, okay? Don't bury this! They're shooting heads! People start running out of food, water, gas. They're gonna start shooting at each other. Trust somebody. What would you do? Kill us? I think about it. Maybe one of them got in already. They're saying they're all dead. Yes. There's a hospital. There's nobody here. Get her ass shot off. Can't do this anymore. Every time we walk in somewhere, somebody dies. And as you see, uh, what I was trying to say is that, of course, the trailer is going to get you excited and pumped up, ready to watch this movie and enjoy it for as the great film is to be. And I'll explain more of this in my notes. Anyway, we begin Diary of the Dead. Fuck, just get this over with. We begin with a news report uh, that a man has killed his wife and son and then himself. Uh, We get a nice little, uh, wow, I think he just snuck over the border comment. So I'm like, wow, this... 
this was made what in 2000 2006 or 2007 I yeah, think. We, yeah. yeah and that joke that joke didn't age well um 2007 it, is when it was released so i would say it was shot in 2006 and if you're gonna recall the racism was strong even back then it's like it never went away it's huh? only just been given credence by a racist president oh, message uh the news people are getting ready for the report while we hear another character's voiceover that states that the this footage originally wasn't even shown to the public and that the cameraman had uploaded it uh anyway we then see the body start moving uh the mom gets up and actually bites one of the paramedics right in the neck uh the cops are able to take out the son eventually after shooting him like three or four times they finally get him in the head <clears throat> but mom is able to get up and crawl and we have a nice little visual i think of the the dead like slow marching while the cameraman's just pointed at it i thought that was cool uh the mom is able to get the uh news lady and the cameraman is able to catch her as she falls and this actually leads to our first clip we downloaded a lot of what we found on television on the net off blogs images and commentary over those first three days most of it was bullshit none of it was useful this is what we were getting from the news networks none of us can claim to know exactly what has caused the chaos we've been experiencing some kind of natural calamity you can't talk about it being an epidemic being an epidemic is going to be I'm old enough to remember Orson Welles War of the Worlds, possibly the greatest hoax ever perpetrated. And that was when it was just radio. Now it's 24-7. This is some kind of hoax. People are willing to believe almost anything. We made a film, the one I'm going to show you now. Actually, Jason was the one who wanted to make it. Like that cameraman from Channel 10, he wanted to upload it so that people, you, could be told the truth. The film was shot with a Panasonic HDX900 and an HVX200. I did the final cut on Jason's laptop. I've added music occasionally for effect, hoping to scare you. You see, in addition to trying to tell you the truth, I am hoping to scare you. So that maybe you'll wake up. Maybe you won't make any of the same mistakes that we made. Anyway, here it is. Jason creates the death of death. Okay, first and foremost... Uh-huh. If you need to tell your tale with voiceover for the bulk of your productions, and this is a complaint for both movies, you are doing lazy writing and or you are trying to fix problems with your storytelling. Sir, if I may. You're not going to diffuse every argument with that. If I may. If I may. Please. Please. <laughs> I would argue at least for this movie, because it is a found footage movie, there would be... A- I love how you could pronounce footage correctly for this film. Exactly. Because it's being set up as a documentary, many documentaries have voiceover. I would also submit to you that uh, documentaries with voiceover have the same narrative flaw, where if you can't create the narrative through the interviews yeah. of the people that you're talking to and have them tell their own story, uh-huh. if you as a documentarian mm-hmm. are telling the story with voiceover, you have failed to tell your story. Okay. Even Warner Horzog has been guilty of this. Alright, well then I have no argument for you there, because if that's just how you feel, that's how you feel. <laughs> okay. There's no save the sale here with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take off my customer service guy voice now. And <laughs> no, no, no. It's a well-known thing that if you have to do voiceover, particularly in fiction, a hundred percent in fiction, if you have to do voiceover, and I would say that in found footage, even though that these are supposed to be documentarians and it's supposed to be their documentary, then it's not really a found footage film. So the conceits that they have of them filming things as they're happening and this is reality, automatically by them then turning it into a documentary about what happened 
happened to them and then having it be recut and then her telling the tale over again just pretty much undercuts everything for me and it removes any fear at all. Really? Because I know she survives the whole time, so I don't fucking care about her. Anyone that's around her clearly is going to at some point die. So I have an idea of everything that's going to happen. And the fact that she's talking about this Jason guy, you're just basically waiting for him to die. It undercuts all of the tension and all the concern and all the care about the, the character. Yeah, I don't I don't get that because I don't care about characters to begin with. I put myself in any of these situations. And this one, in effect, scares me the most. But we'll get more of that at the end when I explain why I love this movie and why you're wrong. <laughs> This is critical opinion. It's not necessarily wrong. It's just differing opinion. Anyway, we cut to uh, a ladies uh, in the forest running from a mummy. Uh, but it's all just a scene from a movie that's being made by a bunch of students. As they yell cut, we can hear like uh, cars in the background. This is something this movie actually does well. Uh, a lot of the background effects, things maybe you never don't necessarily see but hear, I feel is really done and it helps bring up the tension of the movie. The um, audio editing, at least in this sequence where you can hear sirens off in the far distance yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah, first you hear stuff. a car honking and screeching yeah. away. Um, uh, they have an argument about the mummy because he, he caught the girl too fast and the mummies are supposed to be slow. Uh, the girl actress uh, takes off her wig and asks why do the girl's tops always have to be ripped off, to which the kid playing the mummy says he's actually looking forward to that part and I think we all are too. So, uh, <laughs> And here we have the only good setup that will later be paid off in the film. Yes. Um, then the uh, person behind the camera starts arguing with Tony about the mummy's makeup and about the amount of time the mummy's supposed to be on camera and who can see it. Uh, the As Tony argues, uh, the uh, person behind the camera, who we assume is now Jason, has stated that everyone will be in the credits and Tony only cares about the college credits, to which point the professor speaks up and says that everyone will get five credits for working on this movie. Um, at this point in between little hiccups where it says yeah. hick up as little bubbles pop out of the professor because he is a cartoon drunk he is a very much a yeah i i really identify with him <laughs> and here we see what matt really loves about this film he hopes to be a professional alcoholic professor who doesn't have to do any actual work and just sit around and drink all day and your problem with that is i'm what? just that's the reason you like the film and that's that's not fine. the film that's the reason i like this character <laughs> one character does not make a film <laughs> No, but it can certainly ruin it. It didn't ruin this one either. No, I'm not blaming the professor. He's also the most enjoyable character in the film because he's also the only person in the film that can fucking act. Yes. Well, except for one other character, and we haven't been introduced to her yet. Okay. So anyway, then we start hearing sirens in the background, and somebody states that the news is reporting something strange, and that is our next clip. Seem to be happening. Two news agencies in two separate counties in the tri-state area are reporting accounts of the dead returning to life. In one of the cases, the one in Somerset, the dead man, identified as a 50-year-old white male, the victim of a drive-by shooting yesterday, sat up on an autopsy table and actually attacked Somerset Medical horse Examiner shit. Thomas Shut up, Tony. It's on the fucking news. The news is always horseshit. Always make things sound worse than they really are. That's how they sell soap. And the next morning, what happens? Oh, sorry, I'm a mistake. I mean, seriously, who's gonna believe this shit? Two dead people. Now, five dead people, and Here's another. They're coming in from everywhere. Uh, a corpse at Hope Memorial has apparently revived. That's six separate reports. Six? How could there be six mistakes? Christ's sake, we hear this sort of thing every day. We get hurricanes because the planet's getting too hot. And terrorists are going to drop a dirty bomb on the White House or on your house. Somebody's going to put some germ in your water or in your mailbox. 
I mean, that letter from Publishers Clearinghouse, huh? Good news is, one a million bucks. Bad news is, you're gonna wake up dead tomorrow morning. Better believe it, we've just heard the problem doesn't seem to be that people are waking up dead. But that dead people are waking up. Shh, listen. What's that? What was that? I'm gonna wake up dead, it's gonna be in my own bedroom. You can all come. Elliot has the address, he knows where it is. Yeah, nice place, too. Cozy, takes up about half of Philadelphia. Yeah, it's a fucking fortress. I can't get in unless I'm invited. Sorry, Jason, about your movie. I don't mean to hang you up or anything, but I'm getting the fuck out of here. Like I said, you can all come. I mean it. It's an invitation. I'm in. Anyone else? Apparently not. Bye, guys. Fucking mummies get all the girls. So, what are we going to do? I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the dorm. Deb's there. Whatever's happening, I don't want her to be alone. Oy vey. And what could possibly be wrong with that? <laughs> okay, the setup is cool. I like the radio stuff. All of the auditory editing in this is pretty decent. This would have made a much better Orson Welles radio play and been just all audio. Yeah. And then they could have hired better actors and paid them slightly less to not appear on screen. <laughs> and then they could have done like an actual like radio broadcast version of it where you could have done like even an audio book and this would have been pretty cool. Yeah. But every single one of these like kid Canadian actors except for again one of the female characters in this mary uh, let me guess is it mary is that the one that ended up in orphan black yeah yeah tatiana <laughs> yeah um i can't pronounce her last name but the only yes. one who actually had a career after this movie well and it's very clear that she's the only one that actually can emote yes of the group of the kids or the the 20 somethings or what have you everybody else was just kind of blah and the professor was good as well but i mean he looked like he was a season actor who got roped into this mm-hmm. in some way shape or form but the audio drama stuff if you listen to the actual news reports and everything like that which is good that you grabbed all the clips for that um there's actually a lot of who's who in horror and uh just fans of george romero's that he called in favors for and there's actually an interesting special feature i didn't actually watch it because by the time i was done with this movie i didn't want to devote any more time to it until much later wow dude it's just how i really? feel man yeah it's so weird because i enjoy we've never been this far off in a movie oh we have it's just been in the opposite direction well i mean where you've liked it and i've hated it yeah which you, movie oh just about all the first two or three movies well, that we covered. All right, but I don't count that because I was new. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, all of the audio dialogue stuff that's like the news reports and the various like reporters that you hear but you don't see, those are actually like um, one of them was Wes Craven and I'll try and point it out if I can hear it later on. Uh, some of the Spanish speaking was done by uh, Guillermo del Toro who also did some other reports and things like that. So uh, what, I know Wes Craven showed up in one that I was able to identify. I know I heard Guillermo del Toro and I'm pretty sure that he may have even had like John Carpenter. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, like that stuff is kind of interesting. It's just when they start having these kids try to talk about technology <laughs> is when the film really starts to fall apart. But this intro thing and the kids being on, you know, the, the set and everything like that, as far as just a straight up found footage, quote unquote, or a documentary that never got fully finished or well, whatever. Sounds like a fully finished. I, I would almost call this a mockumentary movie. Okay. But as far as that goes for it to be a horror movie, this setup up to this point has actually been pretty decent. It's only when they get into the camper and from this point that we're moving forward when it starts to really fall apart for me. All right. Well, and I will, of course,
course, I'm not going to just paint this with all roses and sunshine, old jokes aside. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll list off places where I have some real problems with the movie, too. I just, overall, I can enjoy it, I should say. But once again, we'll get all of that at the end. So, okay, we cut to Deb's dorm, and this is one of the things that actually worked for me. It's been 25 minutes since they heard the news, and the dorm is stark emptying and kind of ransacked. And that actually really works for me. I mean, that really makes me think about my own college days. It kind of looked like my old college dorm. So it kind of, you know, I could put myself in there. And what's that feeling like when I went to college, it was a few, like a lot of hours away from where my parents lived, which means, you know, I, if something went down like that, I'd have, you know, I would have had quite the drive. So, um, yeah, it was interesting. There at least helped me make, make me feel something seeing the dorm like that. Okay. I can see where that would push a nostalgia button and the idea of just how lost you are as a college kid. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's okay. And how about how lost you are just as a, I mean, everyone scatters like that. No one sticks together. Everyone's just gone. Yeah. And then it was nice to see Santa Claus from uh, a Christmas horror story pop up as a looter. Yep. And yeah, that was, I, I actually thought that was funny. He goes, me, I'm still stealing stuff, but what are you doing to the girl's dorm with a camera? Then he yells out security and chuckles and runs out. Uh, Which he, really breaks the reality because I feel like the guy should have fucking jacked the camera because it was worth way more than that shitty TV stole. I probably, yeah. I didn't think of it like that, but. I mean, there's a lot of times where I'm like, why are they not taking the cameras because of what they are worth? Uh-huh. This was one of them where I'm like, this guy should have jacked him and taken that Camera. Well, at least this guy. I don't know if anybody else would have jacked him for the for the camera because we'll, we'll get there. Eventually, a lot of people say money doesn't mean shit, but this guy definitely. You're right. If he was a looter, would have jacked the camera. Now, the only thing you can think of, if he's not that bright of a looter, he's looking at a camera, thinking that's nothing. Where a TV is something. Yeah, he doesn't know what a camera can do. He's also he too. It. He's also too clean cut and um, brushed up to be like a meth head. Yeah, that would be that dumb to not realize that that giant camera would be worth a lot of money you would think people uh, who steal shit for a living know what shit is worth and what's worth stealing usually yeah <laughs> now was this guy always stealing for a living though <laughs> i don't know but it's just it's debatable and, either and direction why you, and why did you like start in the girl's door i mean what made you think to start in a dorm to start stealing shit yeah that's usually like basically stealing shit out of a dorm is the dumbest thing that a guy could do anyway yeah or a gal i don't want to be you know yeah, sexist yeah. here yeah a person a person could do and actually no it's not even just people anymore it's just and uh, a sentient being. It's the dumbest thing a sentient being can do. The one thing... This is a progressive show yeah. for morons. Yes. Uh, Particularly well, this one, because we're talking diary. Oh, uh, how dare you? How dare you, sir? <laughs> because I dare. You dare. <laughs> one thing I could say, though, is if you think all the kids left quick, these are kids who parents maybe can buy them a lot of stuff, electronics and everything. Though he came out of a common area holding a TV. If he was smart, he'd be breaking down dorm doors, seeing if kids left computers, you know, anything else that's actually expensive that maybe they just didn't think of. And if he was smart down. he would be going through other parts of the school where they would have more expensive things if he's yes if he was smart he'd just go to a fucking bank that i'm sure everyone's you know got out of and just started taking cash well until we find out the cash ain't worth shit but yes yeah uh all right so anyway we come to deb's room and uh, she kind of like she opens up the door she almost attacks him realizes him then she's like why do you have the camera are you recording and he's like uh and he kind of stammers and he sets it down uh they uh he consoles deb for 
bit and she says she's been trying to call home but no one's answering uh jason is wondering maybe they're up at the cabin and she says no that 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 they weren't going to be heading up there jason then picks up the camera again and watches her laptop and we see the reporter getting attacked the same thing we saw at the beginning of the movie uh jason mutters to himself that he has to get out there that he has to be out there so it's already starting to take him over there that he wants to document this uh phenomena jason thinks he's anderson cooper pretty much jason thinks he should be just every like newsman or every documentarian yeah he thinks he's anderson cooper but he's fucking werner herzog <laughs> no he's not even werner herzog he's not he, i can't even think of a documentary guy that he actually is that i want to install like the guys who do traces of death <laughs> that's not even a documentary well i mean kind of wasn't it <laughs> it was just a guy put cutting together a bunch of offensive footage and making bad puns about it uh, yeah, right um deb says she wants to go home and so uh you know obviously they're gonna head out and she makes a comment about how everybody left uh the dorm and you know no one even could say goodbye to one another she didn't get to say goodbye to any of her friends and makes a comment of how everyone's like sometimes grows to resent their parents and want to build their own life but when shit hits the fan the first thing you want to do is go home i believe that she is speaking solely for herself here but she wants to say it about everybody else because she doesn't want to admit that she's very clearly miss rebellion whenever you get to see what her home life actually was like she's got a lot of angst for uh a upper class family but that's kind of you know you see that a lot with she uh, has the right amount of angst for the type of girl that i would have gone for when i didn't have self-esteem yeah there you go Cause yeah, she's so she's so angsty for no fucking reason whatsoever. Like you could tell, the apocalypse isn't the only reason she has angst. All right, I'm pretty sure she was like she had a lot of angst before the apocalypse. You know what I mean? Yeah, the apocalypse was just like the thing that gave her actual angst. She had that pseudo manufactured angst that like everybody that goes into hot topic has. I guarantee you, she's called somebody a conformist at least once in her life. Yeah, and good lord, she likes to repeat the same fucking phrase that her fucking boy friend who she doesn't even really seem to like so why is she even dating him and why are they even quote unquote in love yeah like the way uh, and i'll get into that more later too the way she talks to him well well maybe i would get if you know she's annoyed by him filming everything but you could tell there's something there that makes you think like that's how she talks to him all the time and she even alludes to things that they don't get along all the time so it's like what the fuck people (laughs) just you know your fucking kids just break up already Uh, i think she's a dom and he's a fucking sub and she just doesn't want to admit it to herself but he knows what's up in this relationship and he's fine with it yeah (laughs) you know i could disagree uh we cut to the winnebago and that is our next clip running mary's winnebago trying to stick together what is this about jason i don't know i just if this turns out to be a big thing i just want to record it okay come on everybody when it comes to you say your name this is ridiculous mary mary dexter what are you doing here mary um going home trying to go home can you just not film me while i'm driving please so i can focus say your name jason if you don't know my name by now then get your clothes out of my closet okay come on babe it's part of history his deborah moynihan and i'm just trying to get home too okay like mary and i'm wondering why my boyfriend has a camera plastered to his face scranton okay scranton pennsylvania that's my home my parents home and my little brothers where are you coming from college we're all at pit together University of Pittsburgh. Why are we on the road? 
Yeah, Christ, Jason. Lay the fuck off. See this guy? He won't say who he is, so I will. He's Tony Ravello. He's from, where is it, Brooklyn or the Bronx? Queens. He does makeup that comes unglued. You know what? I'm a directing major just like you. I wasn't even supposed to do makeup. No, I was. Sorry, babe. You know what happens when we try to work together. I hear that. What are we doing out here on the road? Uh, just trying to get out of Dodge right now. Why? What do you want me to say, Jason? It's not what I want you to say. It's what you want to say. Tell us. Why does everyone want to get the hell out of Dodge? Because of this thing, this crazy thing that's happening. It is crazy. Where are you going, Tony? Nowhere. No place to go. So I'm just going to hang with you, Jason, until I can't take any more of your shit. Got it. You explain why the Department of Homeland Security suddenly raised its alert level to orange earlier this evening, even though there are no indications of a terrorist attack. You're right. There's no indication of any terrorism. These are simply isolated and uh, unrelated phenomena, and we expect things to return to normal very soon. Uh, see? I'm already starting to play the this shit down. The Center for Disease Control believes this may be due to a previously unknown viral strain that leads to a kind of mass psychosis. Psychosis? Who's going to believe that? Psychotics? The president continues to monitor the situation from his ranch, and he's asked the American people to remain vigilant. Say who you are, Elliot. You just did. I'm Elliot. Let's all smoke. Elliot Stone, uh, Harrisburg, PA, and I'm here with you fine people because, I don't know, I'd like to get home too. It's on the way. I'm hoping you'll be so kind as to drop me off. Seems like everybody wants to get home. I know what you're trying to do, Jason. I get it. Gordo Thorson, Danville, Pennsylvania. Tracy Thurman, we're, uh, we're together. <laughs> Forever. Hmm. Uh, yeah, we'll see. What's that? Oh, this is my camera. It's nice. Thurman and Thorson. Give me a kiss. <laughs> oh, and I'm from San Antonio. That's in Texas. Don't mess with Texas. Holy shit. Look at this guy. He's got to be doing like a buck 20. <laughs> Professor? Ah, you finally come to me as we begin to feel neglected. It's just that you're so far away, I know. In Stewage. Sitting on a toilet seat with everyone's dirty laundry. Andrew Maxwell, emeritus. Nowhere to go, nothing to do, and I'm not with anybody. Like Mr. Rivella, I'm just popping along for the ride. I'm not with anyone either. I'm just, you're all alone. It's me and St. Chris. I think we'll be calling on old St. Chris before this night's over. Oh my God, look. At this point, we come to a burning wreck of a car. A trooper comes stumbling out of it, and he is fried and dead. So uh, he attacks the window, and the quick look we get of him, he looks actually pretty cool. And uh, they're able... Uh, yeah, this particular sequence was filmed well. The kids relatively act scared. Um, the fact that they're shocked that the burned-up trooper is heading towards them, and that he's still alive, even though he's very clearly burned, and then when they see him hit the window, they freak out. This stuff works in like a found footage format for me sort of okay <laughs> uh as they drive away they mow him down and then we cut to the little handheld camera of tracy's and we watch as mary runs over three more uh three more of the zeds um it's now three in the morning and they decide to pull over our driver mary is getting grilled by jason who's kind of being a fucking dick right here to make his own goddamn documentary well and uh, it's also but- important to note that mary winces and has very serious reaction to every single zombie she's hitting and the fact that she can't avoid them that even though she tries to move out of the way they walk into wherever the car is going yeah so there's nothing to stop them from getting hit yeah like she has a very serious 
response and reaction to that. And as of right now, no one, not a lot of people in the car believe that the dead are actually coming back to life. So uh, she as, feels like she's running over mentally ill people. Best case scenario. That, yes. That want to die. Exactly. That are committing suicide by Winnebago warrior. As uh, as Jason keeps asking her how she feels, Deb tries to comfort her saying that all those people are already dead. Tony says that's bullshit. And he says, we just killed three people back there. And Mary says, we didn't. I did. She freaks out and leaves the Winnebago, uh, taking the St. Chris pendant uh, that she had. Uh, as they are all sitting outside the Winnebago, they're all kind of talking. Uh, Mary ends up shooting herself with a gun she had had hidden. Uh, she's kind of got a good hole in her cheek. Um, as they're checking over her, she, they, steal, they see that she is still alive, so they head up to the hospital. So uh, as they get up to the hospital, it is now empty. They split up. One's, uh, one group going to go looking for doctors, while another group is taking Mary to find the ER. Deb, Gordo, Jason, and Tracy all take Mary and they start hearing like voices and this is actually a pretty cool scene I think. They hear voices and it's all coming from a radio at one of the front desks. Do and, you think that if you went into a hospital in a crisis like this and it was this fucking empty of right at the entrance? Yeah. There's nobody not even a guard? Would you go fucking around in that hospital? No, not even a little bit. Even with a friend that was injured like that? Maybe if you're panicking. Maybe if you're just not thinking clearly. If you have a friend who's injured like that, uh-huh. I might not think clearly enough and might go looking. Okay, so I'm supposed to push the I believe button because they're a bunch of panicky, dumb fucking college kids? Yes. Alright. Because a lot of why college are they kids not are dumb and fucking are, panicky. Why are they not camping out in Crystal Lake? Well, because you know, it, it was it's it's fall. No one's going to camp, camp Crystal Lake in the fall. I mean, what the okay, fuck? I'm just saying. Sir, that is a summer camp? No, I get it. It's totally disparaging to how stupid the teenagers are in Friday the 13th by comparing them to these folks who are supposed to be college educated. Well, I mean you know, none of them graduated yet. <laughs> <laughs> so they're all failing out. So and their last chance is this know. film yeah, course. Yeah, you never know. They all might need these five credits. These might be the dumbest kids left in pit. Yeah. I'm just super fucking angry that uh, Tatiana is going to be exiting the film like she has where she's already shot herself in the face. Yeah. Oh, and I need to go back to one of the news reports. Oh, go ahead. They're talking about how there is a drive-by shooting in Somerset. Uh-huh. If that's Somerset, Pennsylvania, I checked. There's never been a drive-by shooting in <laughs> Somerset. Well, maybe now there is because of what everything's happening. <sighs> so people are driving around no, shooting. No, no, not in Somerset. No. No? No, not in... Too not, small? If it's Somerset, Pennsylvania, if it's Somerset and Somerset County, Pennsylvania, there's not going to be a drive-by. Mm-hmm. I would believe that there was an accidental shooting or someone accidentally shot themselves or they were posing with their dog... And and they had their dog having a hunting rifle that was loaded sitting on their back, and then the rifle fell and shot them? Yeah. Like, any of those things that they would say on a report, I would believe. Now, if it's like, say, Somerset, I think there's a Somerset in New Jersey, and I believe that there would be drive-by shootings there, Mm -hmm. because I think that's a little bit more, like, urban. But Somerset itself is super, super rural, so you could just kill somebody and make it look like a hunting accident in Somerset, and I know from personal experience. (laughs) Okay, you know you just put that out in the air. I'm joking, obviously. Obviously. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, anyway, uh, as they hear the radio, it's just nothing but pure carnage and chaos. People screaming. You can hear shooting. They're stuck in a location. They can't get out. Uh, there's more screaming. And they say they know they got him. They know they got him. And then finally, somebody says, you have to hit him in the head. You have to put him in the head to put it down. And so now we know how to get there. And then we see Jason's battery on his camera starts dying. Because it's a found footage movie and every battery and every camera needs to die in found footage. Yes. 
They find the emergency room, and then we see a dead doctor. After a couple plugs into his chest, they find they're able to shoot him in the head. Then a dead nurse comes out, but the gun is jammed. Deb gets past her and uses the panels to uh, shock her brain. Yeah, the defibrillator. Defibrillator, which causes her eyes to melt and explode. Here's now one thing where I'm going to be critical. There's a lot of fucking CG for a fucking movie. I'm Every fucking right gunshot is yeah. shitty CG. In the- yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm not happy with it. I, I'm willing to forgive low-budget movies and shitty CG. I'm really willing to forgive that, but also I believe that Romero could have called in some favors, so if I'm going to etch-a-sketch that this is a Romero movie in my head, then I'm going to go, okay, well, they took the easy route out and they did shitty CG, but it's still a point off the film anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't... You could have called in some favors, now, probably got some good makeup yeah, in there. Yeah, but the fact that it is a Romero movie and he does know some folks that he could call in some favors, even if they just do one or two, like, fake heads or they use, like, someone that actually works there could have played the zombie and just yeah. come in on that day. Just to say that they did a Romero film and to have a sizzle reel or something like yeah. that to show the work that they could do, like an apprentice or somebody could have shown up and done something, could have called in a favor. Yeah. But instead they did this G. Yeah, I just, I, that's one thing I don't like either. And it looked like a PlayStation 2 style effect popping out of her head. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the worst part is, is when she gets up, the fake eyes and everything that are in her actually look pretty good because they're an actual makeup. Yes. Because yes, she does pop back up and uh, then uh, Gordo is able to shoot her in the head. Uh, but yeah, you're right. She When she pops up, she looks fucking awesome. And that's actual fucking makeup. Yeah. So they paid for that, but they couldn't get the eyeball pops to work right. So they did CG. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. Uh, they go to look for a doctor and Jason says he'll stay behind with Mary to charge his camera. And you can tell this pisses off uh, Deb. Um, she said it here at some point or she's going to say it. I'm, I'm just going to bring it up now because if it's not on camera, then it didn't really happen. Yeah, that'll come up here in a little bit. She says it every five minutes from the Two first time she says it. Two or three times in this movie, yeah. Every five minutes, <laughs> she says it. She says it about two or three times. And not yeah. only does she say it, she says it all snarky and sarcastic and is like biting and just basically getting at her fucking bow. Everything she says to anybody in this is bu- it's snarky and sarcastic. Yeah, she's like Jessica Jones, only without any of the charm. <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of Deb in this movie. I think she's just, I'm like, ugh. It's just supposed to be like the strong one and like the one everyone's like, every other strong character is like, we're a lot alike. And no. Being an asshole to everyone around you at all times doesn't make you strong. No. I know this from personal experience. It just makes you a dick. Yeah. yeah. I've lived with myself being like that for far too long to know. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, as they're gone, he is whispering to himself that he should be with them. He should have gone, but he just can't leave the camera behind. He apologizes to Mary. Fuck all of this, too, where he's talking out loud. Fuck all of this. This is fucking lame. Okay. It is. I get it, though. <laughs> I mean, I would talk to myself in this kind of moment where you're stuck there and there's three dead bodies, your friends dying in a chair. So you think he's doing this because he's trying to keep himself calm? I think so. I think he's trying to stop himself from shitting his pants. I think he's trying to fucking narrate over it so he doesn't just have lame footage of a girl dying in a wheelchair, whom I have an unrequited like infatuation with the actress in a way because of her talent and her ability. Because of I'm, Orphan Black? Yeah, and yeah. because I just, I mean, she's 
just amazing. Everything I've seen her in, even besides Orphan Black, mm-hmm. but that puts it way over the top. And in this film, the way that she acts, like you can tell what's going on in her mind for everything. Like even when Jason first starts the interviews before shit hits the fan, she's already gone around the bend and she's already giving up hope. Yeah. And then when that happens, she doesn't want to live in this world anymore. And then even just her laying here in the chair, like semi-conscious and moaning every now and then, or just laying there bleeding out and basically making weird noises, she's acting circles around everybody else. <laughs> well, anyway, I, I, I don't know. His voiceover stuff that he's doing here is just ruining it for me. I would have been better if he just holds the shot and then he says things like, what's that? What's this? What's that? Yeah. Like that kind of freak out. Instead of this inner monologue that's being externally like shouted out like he's the fucking tick. <laughs> uh, Mary does open her eyes and then we hear a scream and shots. And that actually leads to our next clip. We found this in one of the other rooms. Tell us your name. Uh... Say it. Deb, come on. Say it. Give me a break. Jay, Jason, Jason Creed. You see how it feels to have a camera shoved in your face? To have to answer stupid questions when people are dying all around you? You see how it feels? Deb, just put the thing down and tell me what happened. Well, you missed it. If it didn't happen on camera, it's like it didn't happen, right? There was a, there was a patient in one of the other rooms. He looked nice, you know? Not dead. But he was. He was almost on top of me before I saw him. It was Gordo who shot him. Jesus. Did you... I mean, did he... Hurt me? No. Well, who was screaming? Me. You want me to show you how? For the camera? For history? That's enough, Deb. I... Oh, God. I just shot another man. I've killed three men and a woman in the last half hour. It came easily too, didn't it? I remember the war. In wartime, killing comes easily. Especially when you don't have to do any of it. There will always be people like you. Wanted to document, wanting to record some sort of diary. Me? You're the one who put the camera in my hands. You're the one who made me want to do this. Not this. This is a diary of cruelty. And in wartime, when the enemy can be marked as this son of a bitch or that son of a bitch, then cruelty becomes justified. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Look at Mary. She's... she's dead. She's turning. This is, like, too much. Too much. Guys, I don't know. Give it to me. You can't do this. Give me the gun. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh. You're stuttering, Mr. Creed. Don't try to speak. Just shoot. Shoot your picture. Shoot for as long as your hard drive holds out. As long as you have power. Take this. It's too easy to use. Let's get out of here. It's interesting how quickly we find out what we're capable of becoming. Up until that night, we had lived predictable lives. Now, we would never be able to predict what might happen next. God had changed the rules on us. And surprisingly, we were playing along. What the? Jesus, Gordo, look out! You think that I guess? I'm oh, Tony! Tony, this guy is dead! I'm right down through the heart with a freaking guy, people! He's just some regular fucking guy, huh? You think he's not dead? You got it, Tony? And finally, he fucking understands! What happened? It hurts. It hurts. Take this. It's too easy to use. Come on, Deb, you used to shoot better than me. Yeah, that's why I stopped. I don't want to become you. There are currently more than 200 million video cameras in people's hands worldwide. Blogs, video windows, and streaming videos now, are indicated more than 40 million go to find the truth? a month. Compelled, like the man said, Jason was compelled. 
I'd never seen him like that before. What is it? What gets into our heads when we see something horrible? A horrible accident on the highway. Something keeps us from just driving on. Something holds us. But we don't stop to help. We stop to look. What I didn't understand then about the podcast until now that I edited it later is that Matt was still trying to do the best show that he possibly could and remain somewhat positive for whatever fans might actually like this film. I didn't understand that then, but I understand that now. Uh, maybe if I continue to dialogue like this after the editing, maybe wait, then it uh, will make sorry. sense and the film will actually become cohesive and make sense and not be this long, Court. drawn out. What? Court. What? We, we, we can all hear you. It's, it's, I'm just trying to prove a point. You're fucking I'm just trying to prove a point. I'm fucking ruining it. You're, you're just, this you're, entire clip has a bunch of stuff. Okay, first of all. You are being a negative Nancy right uh, now. Yeah, I get that. All right. So the dude that's like stabbing the fuck out of that other guy that's the zombie in yeah. the chest is... Is he dead? Stab. Is he dead? Stab. Is he dead? He's ripping off like stuff that he did earlier and doing it poorly. That effect was cool. The stabbing was neat. I get that. Yeah. But they could have delivered that in a better fashion. I gotcha. And this woman is just like browbeating the shit out of it. And I think what they did is the entire time her character was such a fucking pain in the ass and just mean to everybody for no other reason. So they're like, oh shit, we got to do something in the long run to have a turnaround so that her character can have an arc. Because she starts out an insufferable cunt and she ends the movie an insufferable cunt. And they have to find a way to fix it in post. I think that's why they did that. She's passionate. <laughs> passionate. About. Being an insufferable cunt. Yeah. <laughs> She's so fucking horrible. Anyway, we cut to Mary is buried and Gordo has died from his bite. I'm just really super sad because Tatiana is out of the film and I love that actress and she's great. <laughs> I get it. It's okay. We're, we're all here for you. Not really. Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> Tony is going to shoot Gordo but Tracy asks him to wait and see because maybe it won't happen to him. They do wait. He does wake up only for Tracy to shoot him in the head. So then he dies. At and least she get, had the don't mess with Texas going enough to where she could take him out. While while all this is happening, she's like mourning the loss of her boyfriend that died. Again, I'm with Court here. As much as I love this movie, I hate Deb. I really do hate Deb. Uh, I thought, I think they, they went for something. But we're making a really powerful female character. And no, you just made an insufferable cunt. You swap her out with a male. Yeah. You swap her character out. He's an insufferable out, you just, cunt. Yeah, you gender swap them not only is he an insufferable cunt but it is justifiable for one of the other characters to pop him in the mouth exactly somebody should have punched that woman you, okay i'm just saying somebody anybody it, right i don't care who someone should have popped her in the mouth i'm saying right now in most normal romero films this is the character get groots ripped in half towards the end and is devoured or at least popped in the mouth at some point yeah, yes cooper got popped in the mouth for being an insufferable asshole cunt the whole time why couldn't someone hit her Exa- anyone i don't care who even if it's supposed to be this like deplorable character that robs them later on pops her in the mouth somebody yes. <laughs> hit this woman and not just because she's a woman because yeah. she's an insufferable asshole of a character and also while this girl is going well this woman's going through this loss of her boyfriend who she obviously cared about and loved and is having to like wait for well to, not enough to say that they'd be together forever just enough to be like hey, well we're hitting it right nobody, now nobody nobody's a sightseer all right no one knows what the future holds okay but, but you can still say while you're on camera 
yes, baby, forever. Yeah. And even though you're clearly but, lying, but either way, Lord knows I've done it. <laughs> While she's going through all that with her, with her boyfriend, all Deb could do go, guys, I got to get home. She keeps saying, I just, I got to get home. I get, we got to get moving. It's like, holy fuck. This is the least asshole thing in her character because she is so freaked out and concerned something happened to her family and she just wants to see her family. Yeah. I get that. But like at the same time, all the other insufferable asshole fuckwad shit that she does makes that seem so much worse than what it is. If any of the other characters were like that, you would be like, oh my God, they're really panicking. But because it's her and the way that she's been acting towards everybody, yeah. you're like, Jesus Christ, you insufferable twat. Stop well, also, it. The way she's acting isn't panicking. It's acting annoyed. Like, why am I still, why are we waiting here for this? Uh-huh. Yeah. And I, I get that. I mean, not caring about other people's feelings or their misery or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, you're I mean, f- I was a Republican once. <laughs> Jesus, how'd you get up on the soapbox without me seeing it? That is so high. <laughs> I just needed to climb up here because the air's thinner and I feel a little bit better. All right. All right. Um, there's more footage of, like, horrible destruction happening. Some what now? The footage. Footage. Uh, <laughs> there's more footage of horrible shit going on in the world, uh, looting, all that. Uh, they mentioned that they took side roads to avoid it. However, the Winnebago has now broken down. Tracy thinks she can fix it uh, if it's a fuel line pump because her dad used to be a pit crewman. Uh, yeah, and then she said for Dale, and then they're she, like Earnhardt, and she's like, no, and I don't even know who the last name is. Yeah, I know nothing about NASCAR or racing. That so. was actually kind of funny because they yeah. they subverted some everybody's expectations yeah. because like there's apparently only one Dale in racing. Yeah, yeah, and then they prove it, I guess, because I don't even recognize that other Dale, and like my dad's super into NASCAR. Or, or yeah, man, I don't know, man. And I, I, went, I, got, I went out of my way to not be into it because my dad was into it and because I'm fucking so edgy and oh, I'm rebelling. Yeah. Oh, fucking man, you edgelord. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, they meet a deaf Amish man by the name of Samuel. They want to be able to use his barn and he says, well, you better hurry because now the dead have shown up. However, he's He in- doesn't say shit. No, no. Oh, yeah. Well, he writes down they should hurry up. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I think he just points in the general dead direction and says, well, he says hurry, hurry too. Yeah, yeah, hurry. It's written down on his chalkboard and he uses a stick of dynamite and it blows them up and this is kind of takes me out of it because yeah that he's sitting there uh, one one funny advert from this is what the kid I believe it's Elliot going I thought the Amish were supposed to be so nice <laughs> or he says something like that after he throws the dynamite I don't have a problem with any of the stuff with Samuel this is another sequence that kind of works for me when they pull over here to fix their stuff yeah when, and when I the only part that takes out for me is when he's holding the size as high of Samuel and then the dead pieces fall well after they probably would have anyway but you know what a grenade can actually do or a stick of dynamite can actually do you are underestimating just how well a stick of dynamite can destroy three human bodies how would you know that uh my lawyers advise me not to comment anyway uh we get into the barn it's time to fix it um the camera that uh deb had found uh from the nice man who you know attacked her uh they shows him nice men don't attack women well well the, the nice looking man is what she said nice looking guys do attack women all the time yes. because they seem like they're nice on the outside Although, but monsters he, on the inside to be fair to this character when he attacked her he was a zombie
zombie looking to devour her. Yes. Well, I, I still feel there's some symbolism there pro- that there was really ham-fisted. Is, yeah. But anyway, this whole film is very ham-fisted there's with the a, symbolism. There's a nice little uh, child's birthday party, and as the man in, uh, in the camera goes, he goes up to pinch the nose, the clown's nose off, and when it comes off, it seems blood just starts spurting everywhere from his nose, and then the clown attacks him and bites off his ear. So we find out how he ended up in the hospital. The thing where he pulls the clown's nose off and it's all bloody and the clown is actually a zombie or was dying and then became a yeah. zombie or however it died and then attacked the guy at the kid's party. That shit was actually cool. That was cool looking. And I actually have one of those, this is how court would fix this kind yeah. of things that I always like to do with a movie that I really heavily dislike uh-huh. because it was at this point when this scene hit that I started thinking there is a way to take what's here and fix it. Yes. I really started thinking that. And so I've shifted gears in my mental state at this point, which is almost about a halfway point in the film, wouldn't you say? Kinda, yeah. Yeah, so it's like right about here with this whole zombie clown sequence that I really did like. Definitely, yeah, getting the Winnebago fix is our our halfway point of the movie. Yeah, Yeah, so and I'm like, okay, well there's this stuff with the Winnebago where they're locked in the barn and they're getting surrounded. They're viewing that footage of the zombie clown eating the guy's face and that's why he's a zombie at the hospital and that's why the camera's there. Like, how they tell the backstory of a camera, Mm -hmm. which is just more backstory and I don't fucking care about your backstory. <laughs> Everyone's got a story. Even this camera has a fucking backstory and I don't want to hear your fucking story. Fuck it, man. <laughs> Jesus, he was right. You know what? I'll say that. He's right. Who wants to hear your fucking story anymore? Yeah, especially you, Panasonic DVX100. Whore of a camera. <laughs> Just everybody can sh- yeah. point and click and shoot with you. Yeah, what size fits all there, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so many hands have been in that handle. <laughs> But anyway, that sequence is where I kind of turned around as this whole package of this part of the film to where I started thinking about how you fix it to make it. Because it for me, this fails as a found footage film. Okay. It does not work at all. And I was like, okay, well, how would you make this an actual found footage film? That's what I was getting yeah, at. Yeah. Okay. So this is how. Yeah. And huh. this fixing part of it is like has to do with that sequence right there with the clown and then all the stuff having to do with them fixing the, the wagon. It all hit me right there. Oh, okay. That's all I have to say. All right. Also, fuck this movie. <laughs> Uh, they are now also surrounded by the dead. Samuel writes down uh, something about a back door. They go to check and it is open and before like five or six uh, of the dead can get in, they're able to close and lock it. However, they can hear noises now in this back room of the barn and they know a few dead have gotten in. Tony finds one, shoots it in the head, and as he turns around, there's another one right there and he's able to kill that as well. As Tracy can hear all the gun shot she's wondering what's happening the professor is begging her to hurry she says she thinks she's done and then a zombie grabs her starts dragging her and then the zombie gets dragged away from her as Samuel impales it in its back and then Tony kills it all right with the Winnebago fix Tony and Sam open the door and as the dead come pouring in they rush to get into the Winnebago Tony is able to get in but Sam is taken and is bit in the neck he then decides to kill himself in a boss way by taking his sickle, shoving it through his own forehead, which impales the zombie behind him, and they both uh, collapse, and the group escapes the barn. They do a good way of revealing it. The CG in it is not terrible. They use enough of practical to get away with it. That's that was a, This effect was decent. Yeah, this was a decent way of using CGI. It wasn't overly bad, like, you know, uh, it wasn't overly CGI'd. Yeah, and it's nice to see that a character that is that well taking care of himself could take himself out in a kind of cool way. 
And also, they can't have him there. Otherwise, the whole idea of everybody dying at the end of a found footage movie wouldn't work because there's no way that Samuel <laughs> would have let them die because he would have defended them all just like he did here. Exactly. Yep. Even though and, he has no reason to at all. Of course, Samuel knows how to take himself out. He's an Amish person, man. Those people are salt of the earth. Fucking, they're going to fucking, they know Suicide's how to take not part out. of their whole religious thing. That's not something they would do. Yeah, but to take out somebody else, there you go. <laughs> well, uh, he also knows that he's going to come back if he doesn't do this. Yes. So I'm pretty sure that he's taking the lesser of two evils in his decision here. Probably because coming back as a zombie to feast on the living also isn't big in the, uh, uh, you know, uh, the Amish religion. Uh, we get a narration about how many people were dying a day before this happened and then how many started dying after it happened. And then we see a lot of like zombies walking around small towns, all that kind of shit. Again, um, this kind of stuff works pretty well. There was another good one where like a family was going through an underpass. It Like a guy hung himself, but it, now he was a zombie and he was kicking around. I thought that was pretty did cool. Did he hang himself or did somebody else or hang somebody him? Somebody could have hanged him. But either way, you know, who knows yeah, yeah either way he's hanging there and he's a zed and it was kind of cool how it like you know was kicking at the car even when the car passed it um would have been funny if he tried to run on top of the car and could have somehow got loose yeah right <laughs> oh god uh they are planning to get gas and they are jumped by three men as they are held up the one main guy has a really big gun it's an m16 an m16 convinces that uh the other kid with the handgun uh tony to go ahead and drop it uh as they're asking him what they're doing there bullets start flying around as they mention out of towners are around they uh, suggest that they all get into the winnebago and head to their warehouse uh they get in there we see some warehouse footage like from security cameras as they enter and then that leads us to our next clip hell's with that camera anyway uh home movies who's gonna be left to watch so what's up with you all? What hell are you doing in my town? We're trying to get to Scranton, but we need fuel. We had our eyes on those pumps back there at the gas station. The pumps is dry. We siphon off all the gas. Can we buy some of what you took? Buy? Girl, if this keeps up, money ain't gonna be worth nothing. Talking about gas. Yeah, I'll let you have some. Enough to get you where you're going. What's well, with you all? How come you stuck around? Because we got the power. For the first time in our lives, we got the power. Because everybody else left. All the folks without suntans. A bit back, huh? The Army, National Guard, somebody's going to put all the shit back together. The National Guard. Kid, I'm in the National Guard. Anyway, no one's coming to pull nothing together. That's why we got all this shit. Anything worth anything under one roof. It's called looting. No, ma'am. It's called doing what you got to do. Can I get online? Back there. Uh, excuse me. It's all right. Let him through. Let him through. This attack was carried out by a bunch of illegal immigrants. It was mistakenly pronounced dead before the attacks took place. The only time they was dead was when my guy shot him. They changed it. They recut it. The media were lying to us, or the government was lying to them. They were trying to make it seem like everything was going to be all right. What are you doing? I just want to shoot us while we're editing. I want to cover everything. Now I can understand why Jason was so anxious to upload his own footage. Okay. At the time, I didn't get it. There, we'll cut to the angle from your camera. Perfect. Put the gun down. Who the hell are you? Don't matter who I am. All that matters is what I got. And after that, we drove here? Sure, it'd be nice to have the surveillance camera angle from when we drove in. Figured as much. Got it. They're recording all the security cameras. It's like the 7-Eleven in here. I got it all queued up for you. Oh, you're fucking brilliant, man. Why, thank you. What'd you do, get it off the recorders? It's a wireless system. Pretty sophisticated. So sophisticated that I was easily able to rip it off right out of the air. Beautiful. This is excellent. What the hell are you guys doing? Uh, editing. Editing what? The stuff we shot. 
When you said you wanted to get online, I thought you wanted to like get in touch with your dad or something. No, I just wanted to upload our shit. Look, 72,000 hits in eight minutes. Hey, Elliot, can we have a moment, please? Yeah. Is this camera on? Yeah. If we're going to have a conversation, I'm sure you'd like to have it on tape. If it's not on camera, it's like it never happened, right? Okay, Jay, listen to me. I'm trying to get home to my family, okay? Everyone out there is trying to get home. And you're in here dicking around on your computer. It was a pretty one-sided conversation. 72,000 hits. They're coming in from all over the world. They're not getting the truth from anybody else. All that shit on the news is a pack of lies. 72,000 hits in eight minutes. That's unbelievable. Congratulations, you're famous. That's not what it's about. Would you rather have people not knowing what's going on in the world? We might even be able to save somebody's fucking life here. 72,000 hits. In another hour, it'll probably be a million. By tomorrow, who knows? All over the world, people learning how to survive by seeing how we manage to survive. You always know how to make a good argument, Jay. Oh, my God. Text message from my little brother. What? What's it say? All this time, I've been imagining them dead in our house, and they're not even home. They went camping four days ago. Driving home all okay. Hope you are, too. Sent last night, driving home. That means they're probably going to beat us there. I told you they were safe. They're on the road, same as us. They're not safe. They're still alive. Pack your shit. I'm going to go check on that gas. It's a pretty one-sided review. <laughs> Didn't have a lot to add. Had to put this in on the editing because I want to feel like I'm less of an asshole about this movie than what I actually was. Actually, you're doing this live. I can hear you right now. I should put shit like this in. <laughs> just re-edit it. <laughs> yeah, just so re-edit when, you, it. when you actually go and listen to the episode... <laughs> You're like, wait a minute, I don't, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck's happening here? That would just cause more work, and I want to get this movie yeah, over with. Right. We're, we're, now I can actually delete that for, fucking clip. For court, he wishes the Romero Fest ended last week. I really do. He really wishes that, that people would just been done. <laughs> uh, Jason uh, then gets a call from Ridley that he has made it home, and he and the girl that went with them are hanging out, and they're pretty much partying. Looks like they're having the time of their lives, and he tells them to get over there. Oh, by the way, the uh, video window that they were talking about when yeah. the West, West Craven clip earlier. Yeah. That's what they're showing is the, the internet video chat video window. I know. Device. That's not how tiling works whenever you have a signal breakup. Was that West Craven is the cop? No. Or was that George? That was George. That, I thought like, that was George. Like two or three clips ago, West Craven was talking about the new media where everybody has all oh, okay, of those cameras. Okay, that was Wes. Okay. Yeah. And then he said something about like video windows and blogs. Yeah. And I'm like, this sounds like an old man trying to talk about the internet yeah pretty much it's really does it sounds like an old man trying to talk about the internet having other old men read his script that don't know anything about the internet <laughs> and also seventy-two thousand hits doesn't matter how many people have died in front of me doesn't matter how many friends like i've actually died i got seventy-two thousand hits and people are learning the truth from me because mainstream media you can't trust this kid is alex jones in the zombie apocalypse he kind of yeah he started it although he's actually right because the media is lying to him of course you can't trust the enemy of the people which is the media you you can't. Yeah. This I mean, is just perpetuating that same horseshit myth. Hashtag fake news. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> you or, know, or boomers said maybe boomers don't trust the media anymore. Yeah, that or almost or or they also gave the hypothesis that maybe the media isn't the one lying, but they're reporting what the government's telling them, so they just think that that's the story. But you know, the government will lie to you. Well, let's face it: the police chief is the one who was doing all the lying, even though that was Romero's voice. Yes, and we all know the police never try to cover up the wrongdoing of their officers to protect that thin blue 
blue line. Never, never. How dare you, sir, even suggest something like that with your tone. Here's some boot leather. Go lick it. <laughs> ACAP. Uh, let's see here. As Deb walks back, there's quite a commotion. Uh, the lead guy in the group states that one of his men had a bad heart and he died. The only problem is now they can't find him. That's convenient. Then we cut to Jason getting lost in a warehouse and Deb says she's going to go looking for Jason when Tony says, don't worry, I'm going to go looking for him. Tony finds him and tells him about the dead guy and then Jason says, I didn't get that. You have to say it again. Because but, we all know that if it doesn't happen on camera, it doesn't really happen, Matt. I've heard that twice now. Yeah, she yeah. said it twice already. Yes. Uh, the professor takes a like a club or something like, or like some piece of equipment to go check out the Winnie to make sure the uh, dead guy didn't wander in there. It just looked like an iron bar possibly yeah. for weightlifting. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. As he checks, no one's in there, so the Winnie's safe. As he's checking it, you can actually hear the original broadcast, news broadcast from Night of the Living Dead. So this is supposed to be taking place at the exact same time as the 1968 slash 1990 Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, they're listening to the same uh, news broadcast yeah. as what uh, they were listening to. See, and that should upset me, I think, but I actually kind of like that idea where I'm like, I thought that okay, was cool. It's, it's supposed to be happening at the same time, and then we have this like fractured timeline narrative thing. I can't remember the title of it. Robert was nice enough to post it, and I still can't remember it. Yeah. So I'm sure he'll post it again now there because he's a nice guy like that. <laughs> and I can't bother to be learning anything I don't already know because fuck learning. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not here to be learned. Uh, oh, man. You know, and I've just tried to I'm not... punch drunk as shit. I'm so I... tired from setting this up last night. Oh, God. And I so don't want to go to the next movie. So I'm just... Just move on. Let's go. Just, I can't not wanting to move on. Um, The longer you delay, the longer we're going to be here. Oh, uh, fuck. All right, you're right. Uh, So anyway, um, they think they found him and they shoot a figure. However, uh, it was just uh, some other guy and not the actual dead guy. Then the dead guy is able to grab Tony, who somehow finds a jar of acid and breaks it over the Z's head and that eats away his brain, killing him. It's convenient how the jar splashed everywhere all over the zombie and everything else, but only the head of the zombie gets bad CG melted and nothing happened to that kid's hand. Yeah, that was... Or uh, his clothes, or the cement floor. That's right. Or the shelving. Yeah, all problems with this movie right there. I like the idea. It's the execution that I had an issue with. Like, the kid could have smashed the jar on there, but he should have also had his hand get burnt to fuck. Yeah, something bad should have happened to him. Yeah. Or or if they didn't want him to be injured in the story, have him, like, throw the jar at the zombie head so that it's, you know, it didn't break in his hands. He threw it at his head and it shattered. But then you have to fuck up some shit around. Yeah. Yeah. Just have more than just the top of the head melt. Yeah, like, maybe even more of the zombie body get fucked up, you yeah, know? Yeah, but it was a cool idea. And the yeah. CG wasn't horrible. It's just really limited. And it's like, come on, man. I like how it was a slow burn, at least, to it. Like, you know, he still walked a little bit as it just kept eating and eating and eating. It was neat how you got to see it go through the skull. And then you saw the zombie getting a little twitchy and like kind of confused as to what was going on. Yeah. And then fall dead. Like, the idea was cool. It's the execution of it that I feel like they took shortcuts on. Yes. And then after all this, they are going to give them enough gas to get to Scranton. And then Deb bosses her way right into getting a full tank of gas, food, and also weapons by threatening not to leave unless they kill them. Um, so as they all go looking for weapons, they're all grabbing guns. The professor wants no part of the guns, but he'll definitely take a bow and arrow, a uh, bow and some arrows. So, and he says it's friendlier somehow. Well, Professor Hood, right? Professor Robin Hood. 
Nice. But no. Uh, let's see here. I couldn't think of any other famous archers other than Archer, and he can't shoot an arrow. The, the guy handing out the weapons, fun fact, this is the third zombie movie now he's been in. <laughs> He was in Dawn, the Dawn of the Dead remake. That Land, doesn't exist. That, oh, okay. Uh, for everyone else but Court, he was in the <laughs> Dawn of the Dead remake that does not exist. To me. Yes. You know what? Not really to me, so I'm going to forget I even said it. So actually, he's in two other zombies. He's just in two Romero films. He's in this one, Diary of the Dead, and he's the Butcher in Land of the Dead. Yeah, and he is in the remake of Dawn, Dawn of, of the, the Dead. Dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but that's You know why he's in all those films? Why is that? He's a Canadian actor, and that's where all those films were shot. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I've seen him in other stuff, too, but he's always, he's that guy, that guy who I know, never know his name. But I've I'll seen the dude him. pop up in the background of certain TV shows, like, that, sh- that also show shoot in canada yeah as like a creepy tall dude because that's like his mo is he yeah. plays creepy tall dude yeah uh well it's funny that everything's shot in canada well the tax breaks up there were really good and the the exchange rate before it got really fucked up during the bush administration was actually really good the canadian dollar was super weak to the american dollar yeah at the time that a lot of these were shot there now because a lot of productions are still up there and that there's funding that can be had because it's like state funding for films still also, stuff is still shot up there uh uh, the main guy once again wishes them all good luck and tells Deb that he thinks they're a lot alike. And I'm like, uh, dude, so you just get all angsty with your crew and start yelling at him for no reason. Well, she does do one power move, which is just using her angsty bitchiness to get stuff out of the guy. Well, no, so they pretty much the say, supplies. Well, pretty much lauding over the fact that she's figured him out that he won't be going killing civilians. So she's like, go ahead, then kill us, knowing that he won't do that. So would have been fucking awesome if he popped her one in the head and told the rest of them to get out of there it would be great if he just would have mowed them all down at the movie and then <laughs> george he, a. romero's diary of the dumbass then, then he picks up the camera and goes well let's just keep going <laughs> yeah that, sure i'd follow this guy anywhere. i know i want to see what i, I would he's, love to follow up with this story he's well organized and he's the kind of guy i could hang out they're with. now in a warehouse that the dead can't get into unless somebody's already dead and now they have all the stuff so i mean who gives a fuck at least for this town anyway yeah yeah all right well we cut to them watching a woman in Tokyo, stating it's really bad in Tokyo, and also, Racist. also stating that to bury your dead or, or don't bury uh, the dead first, you get or don't bury the dead first. You have to shoot them in the head. Um, which I would tells believe us that, that everyone someone in, who is vlogging in Japan would be speaking in Japanese. Yes, not broken, broken English. English exactly, and like really badly broken to where she's also, trying to this, speak broken English. This video was in the comments section of YouTube, and I'm like, uh, is that how YouTube used to work? He's an old so. man that doesn't know how okay. the internets work. It's like, this is on a YouTube message board. I'm like, there's never bit, there's comments, but there's never been a YouTube message board. He doesn't know how the internet works, <laughs> I gotcha, Matt. I gotcha, I gotcha. Anyway, uh, as she is still going through that, the signal is then lost. They check the TV and it's nothing but static. And then we hear that the mainstream has now finally gone away. Um, I didn't realize at this moment when the mainstream went away that I would be doing more voiceover later on in the edit, even though I'm still pretending that I'm doing it in the edit. This was the fifth time I had to tell Court that I felt he was doing his narration. I still couldn't believe that he wasn't doing it in post. Instead,
instead he just decided to do it live they then get to deb's house uh and she makes mention that no one's there and they should be there and then she says she's gonna wait inside for them there's a bit of an awkward goodbye with jason and then tony calls jason out for just gonna let her stay there alone can we just talk about how tony is obviously fucking deb yes or if he hasn't she she wants him to now tony there's been many scenes in this where she is gripped onto tony instead of jason where she is like fell asleep on tony and all that tony where tony has accidentally tripped slipped on the floor and stuck his dick in every orifice of deb yeah tony is obviously tony and it, it jason already don't get along so quite obviously tony's gonna stick it to jason's girlfriend just to say fuck you and jason's girlfriend is gonna stick it to tony just because that's who jason's girlfriend deb is and jason's just gonna be in the closet with the video camera because that's who jason is and then later on deb will feel guilty about jason's obvious death because he's no longer here (laughs) and do more voiceover about how she feels bad about fucking tony (laughs) right as we're about to see it happen on screen Uh, but we never got to that point (laughs) it never got that good the the money ran out what i didn't realize at the time is that the movie would never get that good again (laughs) oh fuck you i still love this movie uh, let's see. Uh, anyway, uh, as he asks, uh, Tony says he's going to hang out with Deb as well. And then the rest of the group follows suit. Uh, they enter the house and they trigger the alarm. Uh, they head to the garage to turn it off from the fuse box. After they do, she sees the family car is there. Uh, as Tony checks it out, we see that the passenger side has, uh, the window broken with blood on it. Uh, Tony, uh, talks to Deb, uh, and as she wants to go rushing inside, he goes, instead of finding somebody we're gonna be looking for something and a favorite doll doll and she says uh, her favorite doll's name is michael after the archangel and that she you know okay let's go find michael so they go through the house to go find michael and she is attacked by her little brother uh tony wants to help but jason will not get out of the way he's filming so and that's i think something that gets missed because he's like get out of the way so i can help because jason was right behind uh deb when she got jumped and jason isn't moving as the little brother is trying to uh, bite her he gets an arrow right to his head and gets pinned to a wall that's not quite how science works but okay (laughs) he's light enough the arrow carried him with an amazing trick shot by professor robin hood is is that arrow like made out of like vibranium or something because typically either that if it pins him to a wall that thing's breaking or the kid's head is just gonna slip through it and hawkeye could make that work (laughs) yeah okay but this isn't hawkeye's bow and arrow all right where he has many special arrows uh-huh. which could make that work yeah there's nothing special about this movie you're right <laughs> son of a bitch unless you mean special as in like special needs and then yes uh this causes uh deb to obviously get really freaked out and start screaming then she runs uh, a bit around the house looking for people then she you know everyone was in the living room once already so they think you would have seen her father's legs sticking out from behind a couch and some chewing noises and we see mom stand up chewing on dad's severed hand uh um, as Deb is calling for her mom, her mom gets an arrow as well. Uh, after she gets arrowed, that leads to our next clip. By now, we'd become part of it, part of 24-7. It's strange how looking at things, seeing things through a lens, a, a glass, rose-colored or shaded black, you become immune. You're supposed to be affected, but you're not. I used to think it was just you out there, the viewers, but it's not it's us as well the shooters we become immune to inoculated so that whatever happens around us no matter how horrible it is 
we just wind up taking it all in stride. Just another day, just another death. It's gonna be okay, babe. It's gonna be okay. Hey, do you want to switch places? I could take the camera for a while and you could... Leave him alone, Trace. He's right where he wants to be. And where'd you learn how to use that thing? Eat him. Archers want targets, of course. Nothing at all to do with life and death. I used to have a steady hand. You still do. Thank you. Where's your home, Professor? And where was it? Portsmouth. That's where it was. Such as it was. Not really a home. Just a place. I've never seen or imagined a home that I could wish or want for my own. Sad. Not at all. Mine is a, a wandering spirit. He wanders to wherever there's a bottle of spirits. <laughs> <laughs> Alas. Where are we going, Elliot? I'd like to get to my place. We talked to Ridley. When? At the warehouse online. He's okay? Yeah, him and Franny sounded great. He invited us to come. Philadelphia. Can make it there before dawn. Hey, 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 hey. Look at this. It's a guard. It's a fucking guard. Call me crazy, but those guys don't look dead. <laughs> you see? Told you they'd show up. Hi there. Man, it's a nice to see you guys. Good. This is the camera. Just making a movie. Oh, not so. Where'd you get all the stuff? Friends. Mm. You know, seems to be a whole lot of folks getting a whole lot of stuff from a whole lot of friends. Can we be friends? Want to turn that off, son? Turn it the fuck off. Now. There's your fucking National Guard, Tony. They stole everything we got. Not everything. They left us our weapons. Sure, but they have their own. They're military men. The world being what it is, they know we wouldn't survive without weapons. They're not murderers, just thieves. The world being what it is. Think about that. From now on, everyone who dies is going to come back. I mean, think about that. Everyone who dies, unless they get a bullet in the head, is going to come back and try to kill somebody else. And on and on and on. We cut now to some sort of SWAT team in an apartment complex. They come across an old couple who don't want them going into a certain apartment. Uh, when they enter the apartment, they are jumped uh, by a de- uh, by a, they are jumped by a Z, and one guy gets bit right in the neck. They kill one of the Zs, and then another couple of the Zs in the room. Y'all uh, remember Dawn of the Dead? Yes. And then, as they are interrogating the old couple who are keeping them, trying to explain that they were family. The guy who was bit takes off his mask and says, don't shoot him in the head, shoot him in the heart and let them wake up. He shoots them both, as he stated, right in the heart, and then takes his own life. And we see Jason was filming and watching this uh, from online. So He found it in the comments section of the YouTubes. Yeah, he found it in the message board of YouTube. And uh, they get to Ridley's huge mansion, but the door is wide open. Uh, they can hear a piano playing, and they see a ton of cameras inside. As they get ready to head in, Jason says they have to go back out so that he can cover them actually entering the place. After they enter, they shut and secure the door. Uh, they walk into a like a almost like a sitting room that has like a lot of books on case. The professor's really excited to uh, uh, find a book in there that uh, fuck, what was the book? I, I think it was lit. a tale of two cities tale of it was two the cities. first edition first edition which is a treasure to a learned man yes yeah and as he enjoyed this ridley pops out of a panic room that's behind the bookcase causing a panic yeah in that room he uh, still is in his mummy costume and is acting fairly weird i uh, mean not just for a rich brat no but like, like more weird even for like him. really manic and he states his family- like mad on a three-day meth binge yes uh, maybe not as bad. Uh, <laughs> I'm not as bad as he is, is what I'm saying. Uh, uh, 
How dare you, sir? I'm a very calm meth head. I said three day, not two. Oh, oh, okay. Well, then, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm on a five day now. Um, Case in point, why you think Diary of the Dead's so good? How dare you, sir? Maybe. Um... <laughs> The uh, family and Francine are out back, he keeps saying, and Tracy states she's going to grab some clothes uh, to wash them, their their gear and their uh, Winnebago, and Jason says he's going to go with her to grab the other camera and gives the main camera to Tony. Uh, Tony and Deb follow Ridley, and that is our next clip. My father shot a rabbit. Ah, I thought it was in here. Oh, Tony, you're filming. I guess Jason was right. You can't resist. I'm filming you, Ridley, because you're acting a little weird with all the shit that's been going on. I know. I know what's going on. Just a little bit tired and a little drunk. That's all. Forget the rabbit. Ridley. How about some pheasant? Father shot two of those. They're downstairs in one of the big freezers. Ridley, can we go see Francine now? She's out back with my family and the staff. Yeah, you said that. Why don't we go see her? I don't think we should do that. Why? Well, to begin with, father's dead. He was the first one to die. Then he did mother, and then they both did the staff. Brannigan, Brenda, Cook. Really like Cook. Maybe she ate the rabbit. Did somebody eat Francine? Did somebody eat Francine? No. Well, no, not exactly. I mean, Brannigan bit her on her face, I think. I don't know. It all happened so fast. I think we should get out of here. Wait, wait, wait. Ridley, you're saying they're all dead. Yes. I had to bury them. Is no one else hungry? I didn't bury them in the garden. I'd never dig up Mother's Roses. It's okay. Come on. I had to chop off Cook's hand. That's why there's so much blood. Shit. Come on. Maybe we should get out of here. No, I gotta see this. Guys? It's a little hard to see. Here, I'll turn on the lights. Where I buried them. Sweet Jesus. He's gone. We then cut to surveillance footage of Ridley back in the mansion, kind of stumbling about before collapsing on the floor. Uh, then we get another view of Elliot getting into the bath, and then we go back to Ridley getting back up, knocking over a vase. The professor hears the crashing and grabs a few supplies, i.e. the book, a sword, or no, a book, his gun, and uh, 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 the gun that uh, Tracy got that had the little belt the revolver he grabs that and a drink and heads into the panic room yeah he's gonna abandon everybody else and just stay in the panic room uh, he's the smartest character so far of everybody everyone's go exploring i'd stay my ass right next to the panic room too this so happens to be right next to the bar as well that's got to be good good life for everybody to live yeah he's only got to fight his way to and fro yeah i also want to state the sequence with the guy acting weird and then leading them out to the pool and then seeing that he quote-unquote buried all of them by yeah. leaving them all alive and just in the pool and yeah. hoping they don't figure their way out of the uh, pool and then back to the house. Yeah. And it's like a large collection of people. When he said the staff, there's like 12 or 13 Zeds in that pool, yeah. counting the girl who's also in there that, that got yep. turned as well. And they also point out that something happened to his, his wrist his was wrist, bloody. His wrist was bloody. And then they and cut in the footage of it later yeah. and all of that kind of stuff. Yes. So, I mean, this sequence kind of works a little bit better. So there's some genuinely scary and cool stuff once they hit the mansion. Yeah. That stuff is kind of cool. And I don't have an issue with that and some of the other things that I pointed out, like these individual sequences, 
which is why I still feel like this movie could possibly be fixed. Okay. Ridley ends up outside, and then we cut to Jason is videoing Tracy unloading the car or the Winnebago. She asks for help. He says, no, I'm shooting. So, uh, nice job. Then Ridley comes around the corner, tries to grab Tracy. She's able to run, and while she's begging Jason to help her, he's still filming behind Ridley, who's only following Tracy and kind of forgetting about Jason, and he keeps telling her just to run, and then he has his own little moment where he uh, kind of says, see, I told you they shamble, they move slow, and all that, telling him that dead things do move slow. And so I think Jason's kind of had a, a breaking point here, where oh, almost I think nothing's he, real. I think he lost his shit a long time ago, and he's been using the camera as a defensive mechanism, which is something that Tom Savini talked about when he was in war, and he was the photographer. Being behind the lens gave him a separation where it gave him like a defense where it wasn't it was almost not real like you're almost watching it on tv you're not actually there yeah that kind of thing or you're filming it so you're not a part of it and that's yeah. why in a lot of the sequences that like whenever his girlfriend's being attacked by her dead zombie brother yeah he won't get out of the way and he won't move because he can't interrupt it's like a documentary and rule where he has to melt into the background and he can't interrupt yeah and he can't be part of it which also he freezes too because he's using that as an excuse for the fact that he's so terrified he's afraid of his own fucking shadow right now and this sequence is when he has basically a flashback of what he was directing so his brain goes there to defend itself from the horrors that he's seeing and that's why he's arguing about you know you need to be doing this or you need to be doing that and then also the film goes into a whole like meta realm with it too yeah well she's running in the forest she's like oh my god I can't believe it's just like your damn movie Uh, he does get a hold of her dress and her boobs actually do come out which is would be a thank you movie but the actress has already stated in the film in real life that she wasn't about to show her boobs yes so she gets pissed off it about this feels weird yeah uh, it feels it feels weird but at the same time i got to see boobs so yes i'm kind of okay with it and now at one point uh jason starts yelling cut cut and she's like this isn't a movie jason but then it's almost like maybe he snapped too finally in the moment it was like holy shit you know this is real this something's real happening he goes no i'm trying to get his attention which that actually does something in ridley tri- triggers and he turns to actually finally look at jason uh as jason keeps yelling cut and this gives tracy a chance to knock him down with like a big stone or something she found uh she sells her line have we know, seen zombies get knocked out in the romero verse before we've we never seen a zombie get knocked out we've seen him get knocked down and i don't even think this zombie got knocked out i think he got knocked down but what we have seen in romero films is when you knock a zombie down the you know because they're dead they're all messed up they i think get more disoriented than we give them credit for or than what we think and so getting back up can be a they problem. have to remember how to pick themselves back up yeah they have to remember how to okay put my hands down push myself up stops moving like she was supposed to have knocked him out maybe uh, maybe he, just what, didn't move this is, this i is, just got the this feeling. is what i feel i think she was supposed to have hit him so hard she killed the zombie yeah then they realized holy shit we need the threat still so they bring him back so you just see him wandering around because again. they legit just walked away yeah yeah um anyway as she gets back to the winnebago she says she's taking it that she's leaving him she's leaving jason and she goes you can have the house i'm taking the car and she drives away i love that she just exits and leaves everybody there i know holy shit man she becomes my third favorite character by doing this that's just hardcore man she's like i'm done with this and all you people what do i need you for i know how to fix this winnebago i could drive this thing myself yeah she seems more capable than almost a lot of them do yeah and she's defended herself quite well she doesn't even really need a gun and i think this is like her full-on i've lost my shit and i'm leaving so she just runs off with them because she probably won't survive anyway uh 
we then, uh, as they were watching the Winnebago take off, Deb and Tony are wondering what the hell's going on in our next clip. Leave this. What, is she nuts? Where does she think she's going? She's not going for Chinese. You know what? It's okay. We, we still got Ridley's car. There's other cars in the garage. We can still get out of here. No, bad idea. Look, Ridley is still moping around somewhere, dead or alive, and there are human goldfish in the fucking pool. We just spent the last two days on the road. Did you have a good time? No, but... Out there for lunch. In here, there's a still reinforced panic room where we can sit and play Nintendo until this whole thing blows over. It's me. Jesus. Jesus. Where's Ridley? Have you seen him? Yeah, he's not Ridley anymore. He's something else. Elliot is something else too, I'm afraid. What? All gone. Died in a tub of water with Ridley in his arm. How do you know all this? I saw it on TV, darling. I took my bourbon and I went in to watch the monitors. I went into the panic room, which I suggest is a good place for us all to go right now. Always fancy nice swashbuckler. You're drunk, Professor. Indeed I am. But drunkenness has oddly, regretfully, never twisted my perceptions of things going on around me. This is fun. Let's go. No. Jason. We can't just lock ourselves in a fucking room. We'd be locking ourselves out of the world. That's the whole point. We lock ourselves out of the world before the world bites us on the ass. We've got weapons. We can take care of whatever comes. I can't go in there, Deb. I'll miss I'll miss everything. God damn it, Jason, would you stop this? Come with us. Be safe. Settle like I'm trying to do. Settle for... For what? For life. For survival. Survival? Who the fuck wants to survive in a world like this? All that's left is to record what's happening for whoever remains when it's over. Please. I don't want to go in there without you. All right. Uh, so as we see, as you heard, Elliot has died and he got pushed into the tub and electrocuted. Um, so Jason goes on to continue filming and right as he turns the corner, he runs right into Ridley. I liked, um, the makeup they did for Ridley because he did when he died, he landed face first right into the floor. So I like how his lip is all pushed up. Yeah. It's just like when rigor mortis said, you know, his face was probably all smushed. So it yeah, looks like the snarl thing was kind of cool. I did like that. Yeah. It looks like his face was all smushed from landing. And um, anyway, uh, Ridley gets him on the ground and then bites him in the neck. We then get uh, it's CGI, but I still thought it was cool. The professor cuts his head in half. I don't mind whenever you bisect people like that. Yeah, that they have to do it CG because I mean that just makes sense. And besides, even when you do it practical, it never looks right. So whatever. Yeah, and I still I thought it looked cool. Um, Jason asks Deb to shoot him, and uh, she does. Uh, we then cut to Jason uh, doing kind of a testimony in our next clip. Hi, my name is uh, Jay, Jason Creed, and I have been given the opportunity, given the gift, to be able to document the events that have suddenly landed in my lap. And I just want to let you guys know, the audience know, that I'm going to do my best to capture the truth with me and my friends. There's going to be no fakeness. I'm going to go after everything really raw, really real. And I'm going to do the best job I can. And I'm just really excited to be given this opportunity. And I am not going to fuck it up. Debbie? Debra? 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 Deb? I'm going to finish his movie. Movie's over. No, there's going to be more. There's got to be more. Morning approaches. Things always look better in the morning. Not to me. Mornings bring light. I prefer the darkness. It's easier to hide in the dark. You know what, Professor? I actually get the mornings they show you for what you are instead of what you think you are. Inelegantly phrased, Mr. Ravello, but accurately put. Mornings and mirrors. I despise them. Mornings and mirrors only serve to terrify old men. Hey, can you say that again? I didn't get that. That too, darling. Look at this. 
They then turn their attention to the monitors and they see the dead are starting to pour into the house. Uh, the dead are starting to get out of the pool. Uh, so the, 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 they're starting to get out. Elliot is coming out of the bathroom and just more dead are making their way in. They, all the noises, all the gunshots, all the cars revving up, all yeah. the screaming has attracted the surrounding dead to this house. Yes. And they close down the panic room. Uh, we end with some rednecks shooting some, uh, some of the dead people. And that is our final clip. Jason once said he thought he could help, maybe even save some lives. This is the last thing he downloaded before he died. A couple of hometown Joes who went out to shoot at targets. But that day they used people, dead people, you know, just for fun. There was one target that was different from the rest, a woman tied by her hair to the branch of a tree. The boys had this one set up just for kicks. They got out their favorite 12 gauge and... Are we worth saving? You tell me. Roll credits. All right, let's uh, let's make this quick. All right, you didn't like it, I did. Right. You felt that the parts that you enjoyed were better than the parts that you didn't. Like the Yes. When you totaled up the pros and the cons. The pros outweighed up, it. Yeah, the stuff you enjoyed was much, much more. I really detested every piece of voiceover in this film. It really took me right out of it. It just kind of ruined it, and I don't feel that you should have any voiceover for a found footage film. The things that work really, really well yeah. are these clips of the happenings and the idea that he had of things that are happening around the world, all these different clips that are being uploaded to the internet for all these people to view like at a YouTube or these various other social media sites and all that kind of stuff. That's interesting. So if you start compiling that stuff together and you have it to where they're basically trying to figure out the story of what's going on, they find out while they're on the set, they keep the cameras running just because the cameras are running. You have that conceit where they just keep the camera running because it's a digital camera. Maybe they don't shut it off or whatever. So you do that conceit where you know they, they leave the camera running for whatever reason. Somebody just forgets to not hit record. Uh, or whatever and then the sound guy is doing this stuff and you hear all of this stuff from the radio that he's playing and all of that kind of stuff they all pile in and leave everybody does the thing that they're leaving like they're gonna do they hit the road they do the thing that they're gonna do but instead of having the voiceover come in and then it be this this is my boyfriend Jason's the death of death you get rid of all of that okay. you just basically show footage of the things that they're finding online as they're doing this do real found footage yeah, like, instead of like they're show like you're filming their fucking phones as they're yeah. watching it they're around of they're this around is... a laptop watching it anything like that but the camera keeps rolling and you do it 100 found footage you don't yeah. you don't instead do of this... a mockumentary like they did you do a real found footage yeah because this was this isn't a found footage horror movie this is a, like a horror mockumentary kind of but not really every like horror mockumentary that they're if they're trying to like show of what is actually happening you have to do it from a space of this is a film crew that would be like embedded with someone that would protect them. It wanted to have its cake and eat it too. It wanted to be a horror mockumentary, but it also wanted to be a found footage film. Like, and it's just so uneven and like Romero couldn't decide between the two and he kept jumping back and forth. I would have, I would have then gone with maybe you're right. Instead of college kids do like a news team that's embedded with a national guard well, or something. And it could even be, it doesn't even have to be a news team. That's like a professional news team. You could have college kids that are shooting a movie. Yeah. You could have the exact same crew, but, like,
like when they get to the hospital, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you have some people there that they hook up with and then they start filming it and they're documenting everything that's happening. And, you know, some of the people split off or whatever, and you just continue the story. You just don't follow the same six boring ass bad actors around with every single thing. And then give me these kernels of like really good found footage stuff. There is some moments of this where like they're showing clips of things that are happening and the guy's like, I found this online on the message boards on the YouTubes. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. Just say, look at this video I just found. Don't say where the fuck it came from. Don't date it. Don't show me MySpace. Just show me a fucking video being played on a phone or a laptop like window or something like that. And then just everybody gathers around it and they're all horrified and you get the real reactions from the actors as it's happening. And it would have worked so much better. This just feels like a found footage film made by someone who has never seen a found footage film that also wanted to make a horror documentary kind of thing, but has never actually seen a horror documentary that they know how to make it. It's just, it feels like a guy that's just completely out of his depth on all accounts trying to remain relevant, which is really sad because filmmakers get to a certain age, they lose that hunger, they lose that strive. And artists have this too, where they get to a certain point and I don't want to say edge, but like the thing that makes them creative and makes them relevant in their time frame, the world passes them by. And this is George Romero being passed by on video, 100%, hour and 35 minutes of that happening. And it's, it's really hard for me to watch. And, and that's the part that really angers me. And for me, Diary, I for some reason, holds a lot more dread. I think the found footage gets into your psyche more than it does for me. Well, and also, there wasn't any zany moments with a diary. There it's are true. plenty of zany moments yeah. in survival. So. There's still some zany stuff, but it mostly comes from like self-referential commentary. Like the thing with the, you know, the dead don't walk and all that kind yeah. of, like, don't run or the dead can't move fast. Yeah. See, I told you. And then the thing that he tried to set up that everybody's saying is ridiculous that happens in horror movies actually happens. Yeah. That was zany and that actually that those jokes work for me it's just that it's like that self-referential like scream wink and nod thing that i was like okay come on yeah and now for me i go by the feeling of it um and i really i like it because it's also deals with something that i love watching that always kind of makes me nervous and that's the fall of society and it's actively watching it so with a lot of like apocalyptic films you're picking it up where society's already fallen you know the active falling of society is fun for me to watch because it also scares me so the documentary part of it is actually working for you yes and the uneven jump back and forth that i'm bugging like you seem like you acknowledge that that's there but it doesn't bug you yeah exactly okay there's way more in this that i like and that's 100 like, percent valid it totally is it's just that that's and, the demarcation I get with us. what you're right i get you're right that you know no, no the technology makes sense in in the actors are fucking either just terrible or green as hell either way they never they feel like actors who are doing stilted dialogue who are trying to pretend to be real yeah and they're but in I like, the moment, but they're not doing it. I like the feeling of it, though. I like the feeling of the movie. It's the overall tone gets yes. you. And there are moments of showing societal collapse like that are really good. Like I want to I take out or minimize all of the stuff having to do with the kids and then make it seem like they're just watching the videos and they're filming them or the kid downloaded it and is storing the stuff and is basically just throwing a thing into a timeline so it's like this decoupage film of like his experience and what he's finding, what he's seeing online yeah. and trying to make something that would be 
be like not necessarily an instructional video, but like, you know, a way to show people how to survive. And wouldn't that have been cool if they started doing that where he's like, this is a zombie and like the the stabbing thing where they're like, okay, you know, like it's almost like a YouTube, like how to deal with this. Yeah. And they actually make a video that shows like the guy where he's doing the stabbing instead of like, he's like, look, this will do nothing. This will do nothing. This will do nothing when he's stabbing. Yeah. Instead of rehashing that Barbara, is he dead? Is he dead? Is he dead? And not delivering it quite as well. There's like moments that they could have done some really cool stuff with that just feels like half-hearted and not trying. Do you find anything in Diary that fits that kind of storyline other than redoing Night of the Living Dead and watching Society Fall? Do you think he's talking about another problem? I think he's talking about the problem with the media. See, and I I have an issue with that because I don't... It feels like a very boomer thing of you can't trust the media because... Well, and I I don't think it's... You can't trust all medium, but it, the media does like to sensationalize. I mean, unfortunately, now when you question it, you sound like you're supporting, you know, Trump's basis of, you know, the, you know, every everyone's lying or whatever and fake news. But it's not so much fake news, but they do cherry pick which stories they're going to report. And the more sensationalized they are, the better it is because they still have to sell the, the worst thing you do, is, the worst thing they could ever have done is allowed advertising to be bought in during the news. Because now you have to deal with, okay, well, we want advertisers to pay us for doing the news. So now we have to make sure people are watching. Where before it was just reading the news. Now it's how sensationalized can we make it, especially with 24-7 news outlets. I can see where there are crumbs of an idea there for that. But I just feel the execution in Diary doesn't deliver on that to really set it up as much a lot of stuff in that is just surface to me okay for that you know and that's just my interpretation yeah. of it if you feel that that's like a very strong message and it's i very, feel like it is a very strong through. message yeah. that's what it's predicated yeah. on yeah that's the whole deal yeah is it for diary is is the fact that news media will sensationalize news media will not withhold but will allow the government to tell them what to withhold i feel like what you're getting at is more of a state-run media issue where the government can control what not, people are reporting more? Not so much what they're controlling, but the government is definitely controlling what's out there for the ability to report yeah. in, in some sense. Yeah. Not that a news organization would get arrested for reporting something the government didn't want to know, but then pretty much they'll sound like the fringe or they'll sound like conspiracy theorists and then it goes to shit. And I believe a lot of that because, uh, like, especially Diary, all these other films are post-9 so uh, there was a lot of talk about the media and how they treated 9-11 and how any sort of theory outside of the official commission report was kind of just the, the media drubbed down. Everyone got together for that and they all joined in drubbing down any kind of outside thought that maybe the story we were given isn't quite the actual story or not, at least not the full story. And anytime you say that, especially back then, the media media they all joined by I me mean, fuck cnn and fox news would hold each other's hands while stomping that out so i think that's kind of for me that's where that's coming from but you know so you think that's the commentary on that that is definitely the commentary yeah. on that and you know one other thing you could have done that maybe would have been the same thing now the reason i like that it was college kids is that part of you goes you know i remember being in college all that shit and how do you how would you handle that when maybe if you're far away from home because you're going to a 
college away from home. Yeah. What happens when the world suddenly closes in and, and just starts dying right in front of you? I mean, what do you do? So I like that aspect and I wouldn't want to get rid of it. What Diary maybe could have done to ease some pain, instead of just following the college kids from beginning all the way to end, maybe do it in sections. And like, maybe like you could have had Diary of the Dead as maybe like one movie with three stories in it from three separate groups. Maybe one group, you follow them to the hospital, the, that's the college kids, whatever happens there. Then you kind of end with that group. Then you can pick it up like... And you the can, Diary of the Dead is a camera and people keep yes. finding it, like the clown zombie thing. Yeah. And the camera keeps going and people well, just One other shooting. thing I was thinking yeah. of, uh, which would work is, and I was thinking about this, is uh, during 9-11, those French brothers who just happened to be doing a documentary about rookie firefighters were actually sat in with the first firefighters to get to the World Trade Center after it was hit. In fact, one of them is the only known footage of the first plane hitting the North Tower is one of the, because he went out with them to check a gas leak. And so, you know, he got to, and he was like, asked the chief, can I stick with you? And he goes, yeah, you just stay next to me. But it's some of the only also footage from inside the tower. tower. Yeah. So something like that, where it's just like, hey, you know, we're, this is a documentary crew. We're following this rookie, uh, this, this new kid who's just signed up for the, like the National Guard or the military or something we're gonna we're gonna kind of follow his his beginnings now that he's done with basic training and what's the first thing to happen you know society fucks down and they're following have him this follow kid sarge, right have him follow sarge yes, instead sarge. of having him have him follow sarge and then after they get all this stuff they get away from the rest of the national guard yeah and like sarge turns on them and steals all his shit all their shit with his men yeah like radios them and steals all their shit and, and just drives off and then leaves them there to fend for themselves yeah like that would have been like a really cool turn instead of him just like can we be friends and then like shut off the camera yeah yeah you know like there's so many things that are like that could have been done that could have been so much more and would have been effective and could have been cool but it's just it's just a curse of an older filmmaker that just kind of lost their mojo it was and it's so sad to see i still love it i still love this movie i still enjoy it whenever i watch it but i and like i said for for all the bantering back and forth because we're just having fun and trying to make it an entertaining episode i i can see the glaring errors with it i still enjoy it you know i still love it but I, i could very well see this this movie there was probably about 10 different ways this movie could have been done all of which probably would have made it just as enjoyable if not more than the way it was presented <laughs> well i'm i'm done i've, I've, done, I've i done. have i've got no more bitches to go yeah little did i know that i would actually have more bitches to go <laughs> and now i have to add it into the post editing sequence where i talk once again and give you voiceover for what's going on in the episode that you've already heard in a moment court's about to tell you that they're gonna have to take their final break and play the ending legion patreon ad once that ad is played, he will then have to play music that is befitting of Diary of the Dead. After that, they will close out this show. Yeah, you're still doing it live. I, I heard that whole thing. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcasts, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho-Semantic Podcast, 
Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. from Rocket from the Crypt. I know that is a bit on the nose for the Robin Hood professor character, <laughs> but I, I had to have a little bit of fun with it yeah. tonight. So, All right, so let's uh, get this show housekeeping out of the way because we're doing two shows in one night. Because unlike Beetlejuice, we will do two shows in one night. Yeah, we will. we will. We absolutely we will. Just, we will do them. Yeah. We'll, we'll do them. We'll do them. You just have to prompt us to do it or, or force us to, and yeah. our hand is being forced here. <laughs> yes, we're being forced now to do this. Yes, but not by our home network where you can find us on legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops. They're not forcing us to do anything other than just, you know, put out episodes, I suppose. That's right. But even they're then, they're not really forcing no, us to do that. No, they just kind of count on us to do they it. They like week. that we do it. And, and by they, I mean us. We, I, not me. I like that I do it. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're not really beholden to do anything for the network. We just kind of do it because we love it there. That's right. Another place that we also love to be and or hang out is our Facebook group, Cinema Psyops, where you can post all of the alternative photography proving Matt wrong about how he thinks Diary of the Dead is good. Well, or you can, you know, yell at Court on there saying how you enjoy Diary of the Dead and you think his mind is closed and he isn't very open as a person. You can also try to friend me on Facebook to make that same request and state something about Diary or to encourage me on my hatred of Diary. You can also reach Matt Psyop on Facebook where you can try and talk to him but he really just kind of ignores it unless he's sitting here in studio and not doing 
in the notes. That's right. You can email feedback to Matt, psyopmatt at gmail.com, where you can send him a hundred better found footage and or horror mockumentary films. Psyopmatt at gmail.com. <laughs> you can email feedback to court, cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com, and let him know you don't appreciate his snarky-ass fucking attitude through this whole episode just because he hated the movie. I feel like you're the only person that will email me. <laughs> I'm going to, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm starting a, a <laughs> strongly strong, worded email. A strongly worded letter. Not even an email. I'm going to send a letter like our Amish listeners. <laughs> It'll be sent by horse and buggy. That's right. It'll get to me three years later after <laughs> the show's completely done. You can you can tweet. It's going to be sent to like whoever like is the executor of your will because you're going to be dead and I'll be dead. Probably. You can tweet a couple of tweets to a couple of twats on the hate build shit fest that is Twitter. I am at court underscore psyop and he is at psyop Matt. You can also follow our Instagram where I'm posting various memes that I find hilarious, but they also get linked to our cinema psyops Facebook page, which does exist. It is out there and the memes do go there directly. So if you just like that page on Facebook and also to choose follow first, you get to see all the fun memes and get to know firsthand whenever our episodes are released because I post it there before the feed aggregators even grab it. That's a thing that happens. That's a thing that happens? Yeah. Yeah. You know what else is a thing that's going to happen this week, Matt? What's that? People are going to kick the fuck out of this week and make it their bitch. necessarily wrong it's just differing opinion for the first time ever in the history of opinions yours is wrong <laughs> in the history of all opinions, all opinions you finally had one that's wrong so you're saying that i've never been wrong in the past i'm saying none of your opinions have been wrong because opinions can't be wrong because they're opinions i'm just saying for the first time ever an opinion is wrong and it's yours <laughs> What you're trying to say is that my opinion is a prejudice. I'm saying your opinion's wrong, and you should feel bad about that. <laughs> okay, whatever. Kill somebody with a hunting accident, I know from personal experience. <laughs> Wait, what? I said you could kill somebody and make it look like a hunting accident in Somerset, I know from personal experience. Yeah, that rash of hunting accidents when I used to live in that area. No, that's not me. You know that doesn't have a statute of limitations, right? What, hunting accidents? <laughs> it was clearly an accident, Matt. Faking hunting accidents. Nobody said anything about faking. You just did. No. God. <laughs> you heard nothing of the sort. Okay, you know you just put that out in the air. I'm joking, 
obviously. Obviously. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. You're going to need to cut this out. <laughs> but you know what? Put it on the end. Uh, you know what? Authorities don't listen to the end of podcasts. They only listen to the beginning to the midway through. <laughs> My life, they would actually pin actual fucking murders <laughs> oh, on me for this shit. That'd be terrible. I'd laugh a little bit. <laughs> At least I know I'd never have to watch this movie again. Oh, no, no. Unless no. that was part of my court-ordered <laughs> fucking court punishment. punishment. You can watch Romero films. The only films you get to watch are Romero films. And you're like, yay! And, you're like, and the only two Romero films we have is Survival and Diary. Oh, and by the way, in case you want a little bit of a difference, then you can also have Dead Time Stories that he hosted. Yes, there you go. Which was also terrible. <laughs> See, I'm not deleting the clips, but I should be because it's like a countdown to get this fucking over with. I mean, <laughs> oh, fuck shit. All right, three, two, one. You can still say while you're on camera, yes, baby, forever. Yeah. And even though you're clearly okay, lying. But either way. Lord knows I've done it. <laughs> Listen, I thought we weren't going to talk about your wedding day anymore. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> you walked right into that one. <laughs> My actual wedding day is different than what I lied to on camera uh, to get a sex tape made. <laughs> but you were wearing a tux for both. <laughs> <laughs> like I would show you my sex tape. <laughs> I mean, you make us watch it during your Grindhouse films. Yeah, every year on my birthday. What's every wrong with that? You don't have to sit there and watch your snuff film. <laughs> it's not snuff. It's just porn. Okay, it's just porn, yeah. Even though I can't tell the difference anymore. <laughs> Especially after this movie. Can we just get this over with? Jesus Christ. I'm like, good Lord, fifth year in a row. <laughs> I don't want to watch you kill anymore. <laughs> just will you stop it already? <laughs> if I actually made you watch a snuff film i would hope you would report me to the police. <laughs> i would i would i would <laughs> i just love the the family guy with uh yeah, shut up peter some of us are trying, to, trying watch, to watch enjoy this <laughs> jesus christ lois yeah. this is worse than the time you maybe go to your uncle's house and watch a snuff film is he is he killing that girl Shh, quiet peter some of us are trying to watch this i think she says enjoy it but whatever. enjoy it yeah that too that's even worse you are underestimating just how well a stick of dynamite can destroy three human bodies. How would you know that? Uh, my lawyers advise me not to comment. What's that hunting accident thing again? I mean, people hunt with dynamite, man. They also fish with it listen, all the time. Listen, don't worry about it. If Dick Cheney can shoot a guy in the face while hunting, I'm pretty sure you can blow a couple people up. Oh, come on. Now I'm not Dick Cheney. Well, you mean you're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> I feel insulted by that. <laughs> you really should. I mean, it wasn't meant to be nice. <laughs> Now you're just lashing out. Back to your notes. Let's get this over. We've got too much to do. Well, tonight. I'm trying. You're stopping me, asshole. Because I want to talk about anything but this movie. Well, fuck. Samuel says there's a back door, and as they go to check it, they see it was open. They're able as soon to- as he says back door, I get all excited, and then I'm like, all right, uh, no, yeah, not the, that kind no, of not that kind of die back door. No, uh, they get excited. Uh, they are <laughs> get excited. Okay, like, start over again. Yeah. Start over again from the whole like Samuel says there's a back door, oh. and I won't fuck with you this time. <laughs> I'm like Jesus. Well, all of our Amish listeners out there can tell us. They, later they on. could, yeah. Later on, if you guys want to, uh, I guess, hey, email us, write us a note, fucking, fucking losers, a carriage <laughs> delivered note. You imagine, you imagine fucking writing a note. What the fuck. <laughs> I only write notes now when they're romantic, and I leave them for my wife to find. Really? Yeah. I don't even do that. All right. Give, give my wife a, a good slap on the ass, and then send her a nice electronic message. Right. That's how you leave love notes now. Yeah. Yeah. Just send her. A, just send her a text with a with a. Requested dick pic attached to it. That's romance now. Do they come any other way besides unrequested? <laughs> nope. I've never heard of one requested dick pic. 
Yeah, that's. I'm curious. <laughs> I've never been sitting at a bar and overheard like a group of table girls like talking at a table going, you know, so they wanted to request a dick pic and how would be the best way to do it. I was kind of hoping to get a clip out of that. I know. <laughs> and I actually saw your eyes come alive with hope and that's what made me rethink what I was about to do. <laughs> Damn this movie for taking all the hope away and making it obvious when I have any. Uh, I really enjoyed the show today. I really am. I don't know why I like it when I love a movie and you just hate it. Because you're a sadistic prick who likes me in pain. Yes, that's very true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey, pot kettle. All right. Whatever, Mr. Choke Me Daddy. Hey, uh, that was one time, but I thought we weren't going to talk about it anymore. <laughs> Maybe you need to watch yourself before you wreck yourself. It was, it was Valentine's Day, and we were both very drunk. It was yesterday, and you came by to pick up the movies. Wait a minute, yesterday wasn't February? <laughs> no. Ooh, I should stop drinking. Uh... It's so much fun to cup your voice over the mic and make it sound more muffled as if you're doing a voiceover when you're really not. Matt and I are now competing at this. This is, uh, this sounds really nice. Maybe we should we do should, the rest uh, of the review like this, we Matt. We really should just narrate. <laughs> and then Matt looked at Court, shook his head for one time. He patted his sweated brow because he's fat and losing his will to live with each and next review. I've rubbed my testicles all over that microphone. Nice. Right where you're holding in your mouth is touching. I am going to do the show like this from now on. Smell my manly musk. It smells like eucalyptus. What the fuck's wrong with you? And very healthy glands. <laughs> Can we just get this fucking piece of shit done? Why does this smell like Domino's four cheese pizza? <laughs> One of the four is from Munda. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just put Domino's on blast on that one. Sorry, everyone. Do you, do you enjoy Domino's four cheese pizza? I'm actually kind of stoked that my balls would smell like four cheese pizza to you. That means you want to put it in your mouth. No, I don't like four cheese pizzas. <laughs> Just do the fucking review. Okay. Can we get this done? Come on. No. Uh Thank God that's done. <laughs> All right, I need a break after that before All we right. move on.